I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind, and the business got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know, the street nerd has got no time for no kata. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, and we keep it Wakanda forever. Yeah, on this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Um, Chris Derrick is out. Lisa's out today. Um, I think he's on script today, so that's a good shit. Um... And um, we got a good show for y'all, so we're going to go ahead and jump in for those of y'all who are grown, for the grown folks. <clears throat> Today, I got my man, my man in the building from way back, my little bro, Sean Carter-Peterson, y'all, actor, writer, producer, musician. I'm sure I'm forgetting another seven <laughs> hyphen. It's this motherfucker all talented and shit. <laughs> oh, you got jokes. Welcome to the show. That wasn't a job. I was being, that was an honest I one. I know, I'm just messing with you, man. What's up, Hillier? Welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, indeed. I've been wanting to do it for, for a long time, and I had another guest that was supposed to come today, and I think I saw something of yours on uh, Instagram or something or somewhere, and I was like, okay, perfect time. Let me just, on a whim, see if mm-hmm. he's available. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to keep on saying I'm going to do it, and then right. time goes by. I'm like, what are you waiting for? Just call him. You Thank know you, mean? man. I appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate it. It looks, looks, looks good to... Feels good to be paid attention to, I guess. <laughs> like, brother's watching you. <laughs> you <learn. know> I <laughs> mean? Don't be in the shower. Don't be in the shower. Um, anyway, so welcome to the show, Sean. Appreciate you uh, coming through. Um, let me tell you guys a little bit. I'm trying to remember. Did we meet in that play that we're yes, in? Yes, we met in that play. What year? Uh, was that like the 90s? Um, well, I wasn't born yet, so because I'm only 35. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was up at the... Um, the uh that theater right on Hollywood Boulevard, Stella Adler, Stella Adler yes, theater. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Sam Nickens was doing a play. Right. He, uh, God, I would have never thought his name. Yep, Sam Nickens. He's been on my mind because oh I just—he's one of the pe- first people that I met that I auditioned for when I first okay, came right. out here. Right. Um, he was casting something like Ceremonies of Dark Old Men or something like that mm. out of uh, backstage, and I went to audition for him mm-hmm. for this play that he was doing, mm-hmm. and he didn't cast me in that, but he was one of those writer director. Playwrights, yeah, you know what I mean? So I remember. Right, right. So um, <laughs> he remembered me and he said, he called me up one day out mm. of the blue and said that he had written a part mm. for me and he wanted me to come in and, you know, take a read and right. audition with him and all these things. So that's how that's how I got to meet Sam again. And then you came in and read and he was like, what do you think about Hilliard? I was like, Hilliard is great. Mm. Let's have him be the guy that we work with too. So Yeah. So we ended up kind of splitting the roles. So mm-hmm. sometimes you play him, sometimes I play right, yeah. It was fun though. And um, I mean, it was an interesting production. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> but what happened was you and I got pretty close during that time mm-hmm. and I got to really know you and see how talented you were. So I wasn't surprised as over the years to see your growth and to see where you've come from. And I, I always joke to my husband. My husband told me to tell you hi, by the way. Hey, hey, what's <clears> up? I always joke to him because I, I swear to God, at least 
it seems like 10 times a year we're watching TV and I'm like, oh, there's Sean again. <laughs> I always appreciate that. I say it out of respect though. <laughs> Never jealous, trust me. <laughs> and um, um, especially your, your, you know, I'm jumping. I told you. That's why we call it the rant room because we're going all over the place. That's all right. Um, so let's tell everybody where you're from, how you got into the game. Okay. I'm originally from Baltimore, Maryland. Born and raised, um, I went to Vassar College in upstate New York, mm. where I was a theater and um, <laughs> Africana studies major. I was going to be a music major when I got there, and then after my first year, I was like, I don't really want to practice piano for two hours a day. Wow. Were you doing like Shakespeare and shit or something? Um, or? In college. Okay, mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then Look at I, that voice. Look at that sexy voice. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> it's also a little early in the day. You know what I mean? Um, so I studied uh, my craft, and I wanted to go to graduate school, but mm. I only really wanted to go to one of the top three. I was mm. like, if it's at Yale, Tisch, or Rutgers were, right. you know, were my three choices. And none of them worked out for me. <laughs> so I decided to uh, go to London for a few months. Oh, you did? Yeah, I went to London for a few months. There was a program called BUNAC, British Universities North American. I don't know what the C stands for. Mm. but Crip, something like Crip, yeah. Crip, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, where you could get a, <clears throat> a work permit to go to England or France and mm. le- legitimately work if you were a college student or a recent college college graduate. Oh, and so you, you could go there and do shows. Go, I could go there and do shows. So oh, I got right. this. Um, it was. I think the work permit was like three hundred bucks or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I went to London to audition for shows in the West End because I was like, you know what? Let me just hit you it. Do it. Let's do, I mean, that's yeah. what I know. I know theater, so mm-hmm. let me go and <clears throat> just jump right in. Right. And um, I was there for. And the, the 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 work permit was only for like six months. Okay. Um, but I was like, you know, I'm gonna go over there and uh, I'm gonna get in a show and they're gonna grandfather <laughs> me in. That's what's gonna happen. And, you know, screw graduate school. You know, I'm that guy, right? Well, I went over there and I did audition for a few shows mm-hmm. in the West End. I auditioned for uh, Smokey Joe's Cafe okay. um, and I auditioned for Miss Saigon mm-hmm. and a couple other shows that were kind of local British stuff that I didn't know mm-hmm. nothing about, but I was like, I'm gonna just go to these open Well, they have their Broadway version in the West End. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, I went over there and auditioned for, I got really far in a lot of the processes, which was great to right. be so young, right out of school, um, <clears throat> but I didn't end up booking anything. But that was fine. You know what I mean? I was getting my feet wet and I was just excited to be on the, you know, on yeah. the path, pounding the pavement, you know, in a different country, in a new let me, world. Let me just ask you this though. Isn't that the cool, I was just talking about this yesterday with another writer. Isn't that the cool thing about when you're young and innocent? Mm-hmm. You just try shit. Yep. When you get older and you know things, you're like, well, they don't allow you to come into an audition like this. Right, right. right? When you're younger, mm-hmm. you're like, hey, can I come in and audition? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, mean? I was fearless. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? I remember there was an open call for a play. I don't remember the name of the play, but it was a a musical group out of like West... West um, England somewhere. Mm. You know what I mean? They were, And in England, they were known, but mm-hmm. I didn't know that this group was all white. <laughs> I didn't know right. and this is this is before like you know you was really googling stuff you know exactly. I mean, you didn't have all the information right to your on your phone so I was like you know I'm gonna go to this open call I stood in line for two hours and you know went went on stage you know mm-hmm. and I walked out there and they were you know all the people were sitting towards the back of the theater and they were like <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and I was like, hi. You know, and I'm just all happy go lucky. But your American accent. Dude. With a total American accent. I was Hilarious. not trying to hide it. You know what I mean? I would try to, you know, switch it up in like coffee shops and stuff right, like right, that. Right. But, you know, I was like, you know, I'm going to be American. Right. You know what I mean? And they were like, so what are you doing here? I was like, well, I figured I would just come and audition for you guys. <laughs> and they let me sing and they, and they, they, I mean, we had a great time, but there was no roles for me. And I was okay. thinking, I was like, you know, I don't know this group. I don't know them from a can of paint, but maybe there wasn't a non traditional cast. 
casting it wasn't, back it then. It was way before non-traditional <laughs> exactly. casting. I was like, you know, there could be a reporter or something like that in right. a script that I don't know nothing about. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm going to just put myself <laughs> out there because what else am I going to do today? Right. But be in London walking around looking for stuff to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, I mean, doing stuff like that when you're young, it's mm-hmm. it's great because you just kind of get to meet any kind of people, all kinds of people. Mm-hmm. You go into places that you, you know, you never think you would be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I like that. That's <clears throat> that's um, it's funny. Um, I don't know if you ever heard the story on how I became a, became an actor and mm-hmm. I was. 12 years old, me and my homeboys were breakdancing out on the white side. We call it the white side, the Stanford side. Okay. Mm-hmm. And because uh, that's where we get money. And we used to go into Burger King and go to the bathroom. They stopped letting us do that because we were niggas weren't buying shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So I would walk a couple blocks over to the professional children's theater and walk in there and sneak and go into the bathroom. Oh. Well, I walked in and they were having auditions. Mm-hmm. So the bitch caught me walking in the door. <laughs> yeah, I got my flags on, uh-huh. I'm full on in my outfit and shit. And she's like, oh, you know, hey, are you here to audition? I was like, well, what's that? She's <laughs> like, oh, you just gotta sing and dance something. And I'm thinking, oh, that's it? Now, mind you, we were just on the street doing routines. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know what I mean? Right. And I was already like naturally, you know, I could dance. Mm-hmm. So I could spin and already I knew how to do pirouettes. I just knew how. I don't right. know where I learned how to do it. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was like, oh, okay. So I went to the bathroom, came back, and I had a, my, my voice was kind of high, kind of like, um, what's his name in New Edition? So I sang, uh-huh. I sang uh-huh. Is This the End as oh. my audition. Oh, wow. On point. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. On point, too. Uh-huh. And she was blown away. And then they did the audition. So here's a, here's a cue for I know this is about you, but this no, is just funny. So in children's theater, and you probably know that you did children's theater probably too, it's like one step, two step, three step, four. I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm adding spins and shit. I'm kicking and holding my leg up here. You know what right. I mean? They're like, oh, he's cast. We're putting him in the front. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... Luckily, what happened was, this is 80, 1982 maybe, mm-hmm. so by 84, I was just doing theater every freaking weekend Wow! when my homeboys got serious, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. about banging mm-hmm. and stuff. So, of course, you know, out of the 12 of us, years later, I'm there's like three of us, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that saved me. Wow. You know what I mean? Wow. And so that was the interesting thing that happened mm-hmm. was I went from that to that so I was gone and busy all the time so right. I didn't have time to hang out right and when they went to go do dirt I wasn't doing no dirt I had, no to go, dirt. I had to go I had to go to rehearsal I had <laughs> right. to you know what I mean I had to go to dance class or whatever mm-hmm. thing was so mm-hmm. anyway side note yeah I don't know if you ever heard that story before no I never heard that story yeah. that's great yeah. yeah did you write it into something you gotta write it uh, yeah maybe I've used it in different ways okay. maybe mm-hmm. you know I think I talk more about you know by 84 I got into the mod punk rock scene than I do talk about before then that part uh-huh. i talk about that part in meetings mm-hmm. you know when i'm telling my journey uh-huh. you know but i don't i don't, t- I don't i haven't really necessarily written it per se mm-hmm. i feel like i've seen it a lot i haven't seen necessarily somebody become a you know in the theater and you know mm-hmm. all that stuff like that but mm-hmm. yeah but similar stories you've seen yeah you know, know what i mean okay, there's I yeah mm-hmm. <clears throat> there's it's i don't think it's an original story per se okay but there's some things in there, like that. For me, the story of how me and my homeboys um, all became rude boys is much more interesting to me mm-hmm. than 
how I became an actor. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> and that's kind of what I'm always telling um, actors who want to write or stuff like that. They always go to that story of how they became an actor or whatever. Like, it's not that interesting. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. other stuff is more interesting and, and centered around that world. Right. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Yeah. We've seen how people became an actor and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. There's plenty and, of movies about that. <clears throat> there's plenty of that. Mm-hmm. What's the other part of it? It's actually not, that should be the C story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. But you learn that, as mm-hmm. you know, being a filmmaker yourself, mm-hmm. you learn what's more important right. and, and how to tell stories better, mm-hmm. you know, what I mean, mm-hmm. as you grow. Um, so what was it? So you went to college. You did mm-hmm. all that. What mm-hmm. finally brought you out to the West Coast? Um, after London, I went back home to Baltimore because <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, my visa was up and I had to go. And, Tell me how I go. You know, I had, I, to, I had to go. I had to go back to Cherry Hill, which is the, the neighborhood that I'm from in Baltimore. Okay. It's called Cherry what's Hill. that like there? Cherry Hill is... Um, Cherry Hill has a bad reputation. Okay. Now the the community. So you guys straight out of the wire type of shit, or it, is it? People <laughs> think it's like that, and okay. there are some parts of it like like the mm-hmm. wire. Um, Cherry Hill was a neighborhood that was created uh, in the '40s before my grandparents moved in. Mm-hmm. Um, back in the day when you know black people could only live in a couple places. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Cherry Hill, or you know, like East Baltimore, parts of East Baltimore, parts parts of West Baltimore. So okay. Cherry Hill was an all black community, um, kind of separated from the rest of the city just because it's literally a hill mm. on the other side of some water and then there's like you know the freeway the freeway the highway so the y'all houses got views and so you know <laughs> some of the houses do have views mm-hmm. you know what i mean but but when everything was segregated we didn't have to go anywhere to do anything we mm. had a movie theater and all this was before i came around mm. but we had a movie theater we had doctors out there we had mm-hmm. a grocery store we had all that stuff so we were insulated so it was definitely a wonderful black community okay. but then once the 60s came and they started integrating and they started you know busing people out mm-hmm. that's when the problem started and then mm-hmm. once they you know infu- and you know put drugs into the black communities then it mm-hmm. became just like every other hood in the country which was you know wait crack. the government put the drugs government in the- what? No, they're innocent. They didn't do nothing. Um, and so when I came around, uh, there was that we had really, really bad drug problems and violence, and you know it was real, real hood. Right. Um, but instead of me being out playing with the rest of the kids because I started playing piano very early, I was always my you classically trained, classically, right? classically trained. Maestros, what they call them, just so y'all know. Don't, don't trip on it though. He got he got bars like that too. <laughs> the bless, my blessing was that I had you know piano lessons to do or mm. piano classes to take or you know practicing to do, so I couldn't right. really be out in the streets that mm-hmm. often. I mean, you know, and some of my buddies that you know when we were eight or nine, mm-hmm. we were hanging out. Well, we stopped hanging out at thirteen, fourteen, right. and again, some of them didn't make it. Some of them have you know learned mm-hmm. the area of their ways and mm-hmm. maybe done a little time but you know what i mean <laughs> right. you know everybody's grown now those of us right. that didn't make it past you know 25 or 30. for sure um so i was back home in cherry hill my father was there it's me and my dad um, my grandmother had recently passed away and um i was just kind of depressed i was waiting mm-hmm. tables uh, my best friend uh claudia her boyfriend had a uh, had a restaurant with his parents a greek restaurant so i was working at this greek restaurant just waiting tables making mm-hmm. money and i didn't really know what to do and my father came downstairs one day i was uh, <clears throat> going to blockbuster all the time and just renting movies and just mm. sitting watching just, movies. Mo- yeah. just watching movies yeah. that's all i was doing. that's usually the first sign yeah I was, <laughs> and he came down one day he was like so well, what are you gonna do and i said well um and I was, you know, I was, you know, just out of college, just out of Vassar. I had a chip on my shoulder. Yeah. You know, I was theater actor. <laughs> I was like, well, daddy, you know, I'm just going to go to New York. I'm just going to go to New York and pound the pavement. That's right. just what you need to do. 
And he was like, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to do movies and TV. <laughs> he was like, well, why don't you move to L.A.? Yeah. Daddy, who wants to move to L.A.? How'd you know? remind me of me? <laughs> every time people, I'm sorry, every time people ask me to do shit, I'm like, why would I do that? Right, right. What, no, no, L.A., come on. You know, I'm just, again, just, just nose all up in the air. He says, why not? Jada did it. I was like, Jada who? Right. He was like Jada Pinkett down the street. She from up, you know, up Park Heights. And I was like, first of all, we don't know Jada. You know what I mean? uh, <laughs> so the fact that he said Jada, like, like that's like, your cousin. cousin. I didn't tell you. I was like, who? and so I'm thinking to myself, oh, he's being silly. He and my dad was like, you better think about it. He's like, mm. think about it. He was like, if Jada from up Park Heights can do right. it, why can't you? Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, and so I dismissed him as I was doing, you know, 2022. Like, mm-hmm. oh, whatever, Dad. I'm gonna go back to my. <laughs> Art I'm grown, Jack. I'm, I'm grown. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then I thought about it. And I had three friends that lived out here at the time mm. from college. And I called all three of them over the course of a couple of days and was like, hey, I'm thinking about coming out. And mm. they were all three were like, come on. Okay, come we out got here. Like, you know, I mean, they had recently, one of them was, was, was successful and a working actor at the time. Mm-hmm. But the other two were um, writers and had just moved out here. So mm. they were like, I don't really know many people, but right. come on out. We, you know, we got your back basically. Right. So I thought about it and I saved up a little money and about a month and a half later I drove out hmm. from Baltimore. And, Interesting. You know, and um I ain't never been the same since. Okay, I got a I got a funny thing for you. Mm-hmm. How much money was in your bank? In my bank? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> There's a reason for this. I'm I'm curious. I always ask this question mm-hmm. because here's why. People think I need ten, twenty thousand yeah. dollars before I move to LA. Yeah. Most of us came here with like a thousand dollars. Yeah, in my I pocket. think I might have had twelve hundred or fifteen hundred. I had seventeen hundred. Yeah, yeah. I had just sold my car. Mm-hmm. That's what gave it to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, twelve, fifteen hundred dollars. I had a place to stay. Okay. Coming out here, my friend again. My friend Claudia had an ex boyfriend who lived out here who was doing rent at the time. Okay. Uh, and he lived in Park La Brea, and she told me she said, "Call up Kai <laughs> and see if he knows somebody." You know, and Kai was like, "Well, I'm doing rent." Um, I'm not in my place. Hmm. He was like, how much can you pay? And I was thinking to myself, well... $40 a month? Uh, is that cool? You know, $300, $400, you know what right. I mean? I was like, if I get out there, I can start waiting tables soon so right. I can you know, I can give him the $400 for the first month and mm-hmm. I'm just have to start working. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So he was like, bet, that's more, than, I mean, you know, that's more than I would get if nobody was staying in my place. So when you drive out here, stop through San Diego, mm-hmm. pick me up and we'll go and I'll nice. give you the keys. And so I came out here with a place to stay. Okay. And um, and a car. And a car. I had yeah. a car. My okay. grandmother had passed away okay. um, right after. Well, so you drove. I drove out. I drove okay. out my grandmother's mm-hmm. Pontiac 6000. Mm. 1985 Pontiac That's 6000. That's an OG car. Y'all know about You know that. what I mean? <laughs> You're like, who, who mama car that is? You know, who mama car that is? My grandmother. <laughs> and it only had like 15,000 miles on it. And oh, it was okay. already it old. It was clean, wasn't it? You know what I mean? Because she was just driving it to, yeah. to, to, to church. To the grocery store. In the grocery store. And that was it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I pretty much had a new car. Okay, look. But I ended up getting hit maybe after being, being out here for like six months. And even though it wasn't. Serious damage. Mm-hmm. It totaled the car because the car wasn't worth that much yeah. anytime. <laughs> I had the bumper hanging off the back when Dang. I had rigged it up with the um, with the, a wire hanger. It was it was so hood, and the lights was hanging on it. <laughs> it was horrible, man. The things we go through, but hey. but that's how I ended up. You got to get to where you got to get though, don't you? Here, and yeah. that's and that's what happened, you yeah. know. And I so I had my place at Park La Brea, and it was you know we had still had hard copy. Um, 
uh, backstage. Okay. Tell the I kids. Would, I would get the, you know, you had the <laughs> backstage and drama log. There was two papers yep, at the time. Sure was. And you could pick them up at 7-Eleven, any 7-Eleven in the Hollywood area. Mm-hmm. And um, I would get them and circle things out. And every week you was going to get your drama log week, in your Hollywood portrait. Every week. And I mean, every, sending and it was, in actual hard copies yes. of my headshot and resume to these people like Sam Nick yep. putting it in the mail. Yep. And hoping that they would call and they would call me back on yep. the phone. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. That's it was a it was a different time. And <clears throat> like I was on a big podcast yesterday, and people were you know we was live, and people were asking me all these questions. They were like, "Well, what would you do now if you were blah blah?" blah? And I'm like, "You guys don't even realize." And I'm not the guy who's like, "Oh, it was different in my time. <laughs> it was fucking different in our time." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's so easy now to take your picture. Put it on something and everything is digital. It's just all there. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what I mean? We had so much more work to do. Mm-hmm. Imagine if we had to do that during the Rona. Right. We wouldn't be able to send anything out anywhere. Right. Everything was closed. Mm-hmm. Post offices and all. I mean, imagine if all that stuff was closed. You wouldn't be able to do shit. So you got to imagine how much harder that was. Yeah. Think about this. How many times did you have four auditions? One in Burbank. Oh, God. One in Santa Monica, like one in Hollywood, right? One downtown or whatever the fuck. Yep. In one day. Yep. You got to get that Thomas guy out. I had a um a period where I didn't have a car for two years. Mm, you on so the I was bus. on the bus doing uh, that. Damn. And. I mean, there, where there's a will, there's a way. Right. You know what I mean? With the Thomas guy, that was because, of course, you had to get the time. First of all, you had to buy the Thomas guy. Okay, big, thick ass book. Like that. Look. And then you had to sit down at the table with, you know, figuring out what your day mm-hmm. was and re- literally write out your map. Yep. Or, you know, your directions. Make a left on blah, blah, blah. You know what <laughs> exactly, I mean? Exactly. Exactly. And if you got lost, you had to pull the Thomas guy out and, you know, <laughs> retrace your steps and see yep. what's going on. Yep. It was so much more harder. And, and, I'm actually glad about that. Remember, we had to have our pagers and shit. We uh-huh. had no yeah. damn cell phones, yeah. you know, whatever. And so it was just a different time. And so, so uh, it's. I hate to say that it was is that it's easier now, mm-hmm. but goddamn it, it's easier now <laughs> in a right. lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You know, in a lot of ways because it takes out so many other steps. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, being an actor yourself, you guys can fucking be at home and submit your own fucking auditions. Yeah. You yeah. know, and and. Man, I mean, things like even like, you know, the agents were sending out actual hard copies of headshots every day. day. So that meant that I need to make sure that they were stocked up with headshots. You know what I mean? And I would have to, you know, the quality had to be nice. Quality had to be great. You know what I mean? I had to take hard copies of headshots to my agents on the bus. You know what I mean? Aside from any auditions or callbacks I may have had, you know, it was it was crazy. Let me ask you, how long were you here before you got either your first so you weren't in SAG when you got here then, mm-hmm. right? Okay. No. How 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 old not how old are you? How long was it a period of time when you got here before you finally got the first thing? And what was that experience? The first um when I first got out here, I had had a gentleman that I met. I used to do What year did you move here, by the way? Um Oh please, John! You still, I just turned fifty-one. I don't care, and I know you're an actor. That's different. <laughs> but uh, 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 people are like, oh, what are you like? 35, 40, You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, fuck it. You still look twenty-six. Thank so you. don't even worry about. I appreciate it. With your little young little vampire stuff. <laughs> bite next. I see you. <laughs> next be good too. Um, I uh, what was I saying? I forgot. What, what I was year saying. you moved out here? What year I moved out here? I wasn't gonna tell you that though. See, 
Okay. All right. Uh, uh, what were we talking about? Uh, your first experience. My first experience. Yes. Oh, so I moved out here. I, I used to do uh, competitions with the NAACP um, called ACTSO, okay. which was a bunch of competitions that they have for high school students around the country um, in anything but sports. So oh. science, arts, okay. writing, creative, you know, all, you know, all kinds of things, mm-hmm. architecture. So basically what happens is each uh, local AXO, each local NAACP chapter holds a competition locally for children in their area, okay. rural cities or whatever. And the children compete, and then the winners will go to the national convention of okay. the NAACP. Like a spelling bee type of shit. Right, right. Mm-hmm. But just for kids that, because it was kind of like, you know, <clears throat> they were trying to combat the thing that only black kids could do sports. We right. couldn't do anything else. Yeah. We need we need more of this. Then. You know this what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I did that for all my years in high school, and I would go to the nationals as a classical pianist. And the last year I went, I won first place, which okay. was fantastic. Mm-hmm. While at the comp- while at the competition, which was also the um, the uh, convention, the NAACP convention, I met a gentleman named Ernest Johnson, mm-hmm. who was from the LA chapter, who was also a, a talent <clears throat> manager. Okay. So I reached out to him before I came out here. And so he kind of repped me a little bit when I first got out here mm-hmm. for maybe like a year or so. Okay. And he ended up getting me some extra work mm-hmm. on a couple shows. And that happened like I'd been here maybe like a month, mm-hmm. a month or two. So I did some extra work on like Moesha. You know, it's a good little, experience if you've never done it before. Be on a set, it's a you know what I mean? Yeah. I had never been on a real set. <clears throat> I'd done some local stuff in Maryland okay. for Maryland Public Television as like a 12-year-old, but mm-hmm. that was like after-school special. Kind <laughs> right, of like, right, right. oh my God, they pick on me. You know, I wish they would pick on me. I need to stand up for myself kind <laughs> right, of thing. Right, right. Um, so <laughs> I still <laughs> remember all the lines. Because like, <laughs> <laughs> I was a little bony kid, you know, right. so, and I, I remember there being a basketball, and I couldn't really play basketball very well, which was all true, so I didn't really have to act that part. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, so I started working relatively early, mm. but and doing plays like the plays the play that you and I did. Mm-hmm. I had only been here for a couple of months. Okay, so yeah, when right. we did that. Right. Um, now my first big job, maybe two years mm-hmm. before me getting out here. Ju- July first was the day I drove into California, um, and probably a year and a half after that, I booked my first commercial, which was for it was a national commercial for. Coca-Cola. Oh, nice. Um, but before then, I did a local commercial for the LA Times, okay. which was, it was a non-union commercial. I, mean, I might have got paid $300, <laughs> you know what I mean? Which was a lot for me. I was like, hey, you, you know? he's rolling. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the thing about that commercial was they would show it in the movie theaters before the movies here in LA. Damn. And it was That's always on spot. TV. That's a good spot. So they yeah. ran the hell out of it. So it gave me a lot of visibility mm-hmm. locally. Nobody mm-hmm. outside of LA knew about it at all, right, but right. that didn't matter because it was the people here that right. saw it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I thought I was a hot shit. You know what I mean? I go to the movie theater, <laughs> that's me up there? Okay, look. You know <laughs> 20 I mean? feet high and Right, shit, exactly. You know? <laughs> and I'd be like, the LA Times is, I mean, I remember because it was like four of us on a beach and I had on some red kind of gap velvety velourish type <laughs> shirt oh yeah and some fake glasses that i bought at venice beach or something that with like funny. some pink you know rose colored lenses or something they might have been orange because that's my favorite color but um yeah that was that so that was really what really jumped it off was the la times commercial right. and then i got you know national commercial after that right so it's interesting because <clears throat> when i lived in san francisco um matter of fact i think the thing that got me my sad card when i was i don't know 18 or whatever was a Turbo Graphics video game commercial. Oh wow! That they ran like crazy, mm-hmm. um, and I was dancing and hip hop dancing in it. Uh-huh. 
And I remember, um, where was I going with that story? I remember it was important because here's here's what happened. <clears throat> so um, Lorenz Tate had came to San Francisco to do, what show was it? Was it Wolf? Oh, sorry. It's okay. I think it was a TV series called Wolf. Okay. <clears throat> it was Wolf or Midnight Caller, one of those type of shows. And um, so... Ren Brown, you know Ren. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so Ren and 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 Lorenz and all these guys were the stars of the show, right? And I was Ren's um, uh, stand-in, stand-in mm-hmm. right? And what happened was, got really, really close with Ren, right? <clears throat> so before Ren was about to head back, you know, to LA, he we were sitting in his trailer one day. And he's like, "So what do you what are you gonna do?" And I was like, "About what? That shit that you did?" <laughs> and he was like. Then you got to get to L.A. Uh-huh. You got to get your sad card. Right. He's like, when are you going to get your sad card? Like, like when are you going to get it? I was like, what do you mean when I'm going to get it? I was like, uh, I don't know. Like, uh-huh. I'm going to get it. And he was right. like, no, 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 no. You got you to gotta plan it. You got to say, I'm going to get it in a year. Okay. And you got to do it. Mm-hmm. And he's actually the one that taught me to put on that. It's like why I write so much and all these things and all these projects is because I have that thing that he taught me to do mm-hmm. is to say, here's what you're going to do. And it makes you do everything to work toward it. Got it. Mm-hmm. I got it in six months. Okay. Wow. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's when it switched when I was 17, 18, whatever it was. And so that's when the switch came for me. And so I was thinking about you in the, in a sense that you do a lot of, you know, TV and, and, and film and stuff. <clears throat> somehow you've sustained also in commercials mm-hmm. all these years. Do you think there's something special about why you think you land so many commercials? Like, what do you think? Have you ever thought about that? Like, what, is, um, is there a special... Because, you know, some people have that look like he's got the perfect commercial look. Right, you know what I mean? You right. know, I'm just curious of what you think. You know, um, I... That's a good question. <laughs> That's why you know. <laughs> like, brothers ain't never asked me that before. <laughs> okay. Um, I do think I have something special. Okay. Um, I also do think that um, there is a skill in in commercial acting. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, that you know, some people, you know, you can have a great look and book a couple commercials, but. Yeah. I've been doing this for over 15 years yeah. now and I work constantly and mm-hmm. consistently and I've learned. Do you know how many commercials you've done yet or do you stop counting? Um, I don't have a definite number, but mm-hmm. I know it's over 70. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Over yeah. 70? It's over 70, yeah. Wow. Dude, I thought I was yeah. good with my little 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I ain't acted in 20 years, but that's bad. Yeah, that's it's over yeah. 70. And and <clears throat> part of it is because you have to learn how to tell a story in less than two, three seconds. Facts. You know what I mean? You working in short spurts here. Facts. The whole thing ain't going to be but for 15 or 30 seconds, mm-hmm. if that. Right. You know what I mean? Nowadays, things are even smaller. So you have to learn how to hit it and quit it and be done with that right. because you need to make sure that they're going to get their shot. Mm-hmm. There's also... Um, and. There also there is also a little light skin privilege in there. I'm not gonna okay. say that that's not part I appreciate of the reason that. why yeah. I work so much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, it, things are better now for us as Black people, so mm-hmm. you don't have to be a light skinned person with curly mm-hmm. hair to get a commercial mm-hmm. job. But for a while, that he got was that really pretty good. hair too. Look at it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so there's skill, and then there's there's other things working in my yeah. benefit that mm-hmm. other people, other brothers and sisters may not. That's have. an awareness. That's awareness. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's something that you have to be. You know understand and mm-hmm. see and i do also think it's because i do see where i fit into the picture okay of what they're doing you know somebody told me early on they said if you are in a commercial and it's a group shot stand next to the white girl 
Mm. The white girl's gonna okay, always be in the game. shot. The white girl's gonna always be in the this shot. Game. Especially if there's only one of them. Mm. You know what I mean? So when y'all lining up to rehearse, mm-hmm. you just move right over mm-hmm. to the bitch. Yeah? Line up to her. <laughs> Unless they move you. You know what I mean? Right. But but and that was the other thing that I learned early on is mm-hmm. that you have to make choices and then if they don't like your choice, they will tell you. Mm. But don't wait for somebody. Go to with your instincts. Go with your instincts. Right. And so that just became. And I've done a lot of them group group commercials. Mm-hmm. You know where it's a bunch. You know. And I always see you. I'm <laughs> usually standing next to the white. <laughs> <laughs> Not always, but that's you know it's a way to kind of make sure that you are part of the the right. picture, part of the photo. We're moving right. pictures. That's what we do. Right. Um, so you have to see it from the other's point of view. You know what I mean? Two mm. brothers in the corner over there cackling. Unless that's what the spot is about, that's probably not going to be to your benefit. Mm. You know what I mean? Because if they don't want heckle and jekyll, which is also, <laughs> a, I mean, I hate to say that. You know what Keep I mean? Real. Keep real. That's part of the. That's part of our right. continuum. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? If they don't, don't want the two this birds, is corporate shit. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They want it to look a certain way. They want it to be happy. They want it to be smiling. They I'm a very happy, audience. smiley Negro. Right. I am that guy in general. <laughs> you, you know need? what I mean? What you I'm a smile. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's just kind of how I've always been, and right. that made that means that um, I'm palatable, mm-hmm. and that means that people see me and they think, oh, he'll be great to sell our products he's non-threatening right. he's nice mm-hmm. he speaks well you're consistent i'm consistent yeah for sure um for sure. so i think that that helps right, right you know um i was one i was one of the first um there were three or four of us at the time that started growing their hair out you mm-hmm. know now everybody's got afros right, but right. when i first started doing it and it was really because when i first moved out here i didn't really yeah, like you and mark samuel me, and mark, yeah, uh, yeah danny wooten, danny wooten uh, yeah. justin wade mm-hmm. you know what i mean there's a bunch of us and there was even white guys with afros you know what really? i mean yeah that sometimes we would go into a casting call and right. there would be a room full of froze what Black, white, Asian, like that would just be all the guys. Yes. Any guy in town Hilarious. that had a bunch of hair mm-hmm. would be in there, and you would walk in there and be like, "Okay, this is some shit." Like, okay, <laughs> we just started some right. shit. Right, what's going on? But at first, it was people were like, "You might need to cut your hair right. because they're not right. gonna really. They don't want all that wild and crazy right. hair." I know. think we had a conversation about that once, and I was like, "You sure you gonna leave your hair like that?" Mm-hmm. You were like. It's me. It was me. It was me. And, yeah. And I didn't really, and I wasn't thinking too much about it though. Mm-hmm. I wasn't doing it on purpose. Like mm-hmm. I'm a buck the system. Right. I just didn't like, like everybody the way trying to get their cut hair, hair out that. here. Yeah. Coming from Baltimore, I was like, they mm-hmm. not lining me up right. And so we just <laughs> tipped longer and longer before <laughs> before I would get a haircut because it was always That's a slightly funny. traumatic experience. Or I had to go to this cat down in Inglewood, but it was like I had to go after. I was also working downtown for mm-hmm. a while. Um, when I met you, I mm-hmm. was doing. I was. I had a nine to five. Oh, okay. After my first three or four months out here, I ended up getting a nine to five because I temped at this place downtown called New Energy Ventures, mm. which was an energy uh, energy uh, company, and uh, we sold electricity. And uh, <clears throat> I it was a, a data entry spot, and mm-hmm. I went in on a Monday, Monday Tuesday. It was a week long gig, right? Wednesday about lunch, the guy uh, who was my supervisor came up to me and was like, "So." Um, You've done all the work. I was like, what you mean? He was like, well, I, what I gave you on Monday was supposed to last you a week, but what? you did it in two and a half days. I don't have anything else for you to do. <laughs> so you can't come back tomorrow. Damn. Like, and I was like, so I done worked myself out of two days work? <laughs> you know what I mean? I was hot, right? So he was like, but come back on Monday. The, okay. the following Monday. So yeah. I was like, all right, so I'm off for two days, but they want me to come back on Monday. But mm-hmm. I went back Monday mm-hmm. and they offered me a job. 
Hmm. Because they were like, well, the way that you've populated, because it was a new company mm -hmm. and they had a new database. And I was, because I play piano, mm -hmm. I, and I, so I'm a fast typer. Oh, okay, so right. I was just getting that shit in there like, bam, 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 put on mm -hmm. my little headphones mm -hmm. and just get to going. Because mm -hmm. it was mindless work. Mm -hmm. But they were like, mm -hmm. we were, we're starting a, um, we're getting some new software and we need to send people to Louisville to learn how to work it. But we can't mm -hmm. send temps. So we would have to have to hire you. So I'm thinking, well, you know, I came out here to be an actor. So <laughs> I need to be able to go on my auditions when I go on the auditions, right? right. So my supervisor's supervisor, um, I can't remember her name, but she was the, the big boss's daughter, mm. right? So she was over IT. The man sitting next to the man. Right, right. right exactly. <laughs> and, but she was an artist as well, you know, mm. and she loved, you know, theater and all that. So she, she right. was like, do you have an agent? I said, no, I don't have an agent. Hmm. She was like, do you have a manager? I said, no, I don't have a manager. Hmm. She was like, oh, well, you can go, I promise you, you can go on your auditions when you need to go. We'll, we'll still hire you and it'll, it won't be a problem because I was going to be salaried, so I wasn't hourly. Yeah. I had a 401k, I had health insurance. Damn, they were supposed I had to a whole hookup. That worked for two years. At 22. At 22, for real. <laughs> it worked for two years because I didn't have enough auditions to really be mm. getting in the way. And mm. when I did, and I was doing good work, so mm -hmm. there was no problem. Mm. And then eventually I was being on TV and I would go to work and they'd be like, I saw your commercial last right. night or I saw your LA Times spot or mm -hmm. was that you in the Coke commercial or was that you in the Docker spot? And mm -hmm. then eventually it was like, all right. Then they started to send me other places to work. I started to be in charge mm. of shit. Because I was the one that was that had gotten the initial chief, training. Huh? You know what I mean? I was crew chief. You know what I mean? So then uh, one day my supervisor, my I'd gone through a couple of supervisors after that. Right. And the newest one, she was really sweet. Her name was Pam. And she was like, so we're at that point now where you're going to have to make a decision. Ooh. Um, and I don't want to make it for you. Mm-hmm. So, and this was a Friday. She said, so come back on Monday. It was always about come back Monday. I don't know what this is. <laughs> That's how they get you, though. That's how they get you. About it, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. So she's like, come back on Monday and let me know what you want, mm -hmm. what you want to do. And so I thought about it, and I came back on Monday, and I said, hey, I said, you know what? So I'm going to go, but can you lay me off so I can collect unemployment? Mm -hmm. And uh, I want severance. Mm -hmm. So she was like, all right, we'll lay you off so you can collect unemployment and you get two months severance. Good? Nice. I was like, that's good. Mm -hmm. I was like, don't tell nobody that I'm leaving. <laughs> I'll, you know, I'll let everybody know when it's, because right. I didn't want to do all that. Oh, he's mm -hmm. leaving in two weeks. Mm -hmm. and, you know? So the last day I was there, I think I sent out an email to some of my, because my, my work buddies, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? All right, y'all, I'm not coming back. Yeah. And they were like, what? You know? <laughs> and and that was that was how it, that was how it did. But, it, but, it, but it helped. <clears throat> calmed me down. There was no stress about money. I could take mm -hmm. my classes. I could go to TVI studios mm -hmm. and meet casting directors mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. you know. Let me ask you a question about about commercials again, just really quick. <clears throat> just Something just occurred to me. Because mm -hmm. I, I remember, like you said, it's been over 20 years. No, actually, you know what's funny? Around 2004, three or four, somewhere around there, you know, me and my, my homeboys in the rude boy scene, one of the guys, and everybody in L.A. works in the industry. Mm -hmm. So one of them worked on this commercial thing, and they were doing a big Sony PlayStation commercial. And somehow they wanted – remember it was back when they were throwing um, the, the, the PlayStation, people would catch it, mm. and they would be in, like, another shot, and the car would be moving, they'd mm -hmm. catch it, and somebody would be on a bike or whatever. Mm -hmm. So they were doing one where there was going to be – all these guys on scooters riding their scooters down an alley and there's a cute girl on the back and she catches it mm -hmm. and it was I was she was supposed to be on my scooter okay so I ended up booking this commercial um, with Sony and the girl could not catch it so we never they never aired it oh, oh no fuck that anyway but 
what the interesting thing was, I remember back when I was doing commercials, the 12 of them I did, <laughs> nigga was counting, <laughs> um, they would air them for a long time. Uh-huh. Now it's like, the, like my favorite commercial right now, I don't know I'm jumping, is that one that, um, 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 that scoop, there it is. Mm-hmm. Scoop, mm-hmm. there it is. I fucking love that commercial. <laughs> so every time it comes on, I stop. I'll be fast forward. I stop and I go rewind it. I gotta watch it. Um, but you don't see shit like that that often anymore right. where they just, you know, like a year and you're still seeing that same mm-hmm. and you just collecting them coins. You know, yep. now it's like, how do you make money in commercials when they just. It's not like it used to be yeah. where, you know, when you would. You know, and even when I came around, mm-hmm. you know, in the early 2000s, when when I started really, really popping, people mm-hmm. were complaining then mm-hmm. about how, you know, it used to be that you could book two national commercials and buy a house. Facts. You know, yeah. back, you know, in the 90s or right. whatever it was. And so around the early 2000s, it was like, I, I remember, I remember at one point I had eight commercials running. Wow. At one time. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Damn. And that was like those uh, odds are b- b- unbelievable, unbelievable, yes. right? Right. But I couldn't buy a house mm-hmm. because some of them were only running on the internet, the regional, regional, mm-hmm. or um, most of mine were national. Bless, okay. that's a blessing. Mm-hmm. I did do um, some regional spots for um, a bank in the Midwest, and mm-hmm. I was like their spokesperson for a little while. And mm-hmm. them checks was still good. Nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but no, nobody was buying houses. Not like that. You still had to have five or six. Right. National nationals, good nationals running. Right. If you were, you, you know. need the Coca Colas in there. Yeah, the Coca Colas, <laughs> the Domino's and the IBMs pizzas, and, shit, and the, right. you know, and the Lexuses <clears throat> and exactly, all that other exactly. stuff. You know what I mean? Um, but it's harder now because they'll shoot, they'll shoot. You know, especially I won't say companies, but they'll shoot like four or five spots and mm-hmm. run them for like two weeks and then throw them out, gone, and shoot some more. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And a lot of that happened when they started to um, use non-union talent, or a lot of a lot of the companies started just going non-union because mm-hmm. they could just buy out yeah. and not have to pay us the residuals that they were paying us before. Yeah. Um, then they have spots that they were only running on new media, right. quote unquote. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Everybody's mm-hmm. on their phones now, but, <laughs> exactly. but they're still dealing with the same contracts mm-hmm. from when it was first incept, you know, it first inception much. back fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Booking booking a commercial still doesn't doesn't mean what it used to mean, mm. and it doesn't mean the check that it meant, right. and it doesn't even mean that they're gonna run it. And if they run it, it doesn't mean that they're gonna run it a lot. Right. You know what I mean? My last spot, this Lexus spot I did, was great because they ran it during the Olympics, mm. all the time during the Olympics. Right. So I made a nice. I quick, know we fast would see you all the time, yeah. you know, which was a blessing. But mm-hmm. that was something, you know, uh, transparency here. That's something that I needed. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because you know I hadn't been working. Mm-hmm. And we had been in the quarantine, mm-hmm. and there was no new money coming in except for right. you know, you know, theatrical residuals were coming in. But right. you know, them theatrical residuals be they go down four dollars, five dollars, you know, ninety seven yes. cents, yes. sometimes two, three cent. You know yeah. what I mean? You can, you know, which is always funny because I, I, I remember like even, even like in my in my scripted stuff, though, and I get a residual. Like that first one you get is always like, oh shit, we supposed mm-hmm. to be getting paid, mm-hmm. and then like all of a sudden it just starts going down, yeah, down. Yeah, you think maybe it go down another hundred dollars, two hundred? Mm-hmm. Oh no, thousands just like bam, bam. Right. It's like god damn, mm-hmm. how did I get to two hundred dollars off? Already <laughs> didn't we just start and, this last? I week? mean, crazy yeah. fast, mm-hmm. fast, fast. Yeah. Um, let's jump into um. Um, you started doing guest spots on, mm-hmm. on, 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 on TV shows and movies and stuff. Let's talk a little bit about that. Okay. Like, what was your first one there? Um, <clears throat> my first, 
Let's see. One of my first, my I, I don't remember the very first one was um, it was a show on MTV. Andy mm-hmm. Dick. Oh yeah, I remember. Andy Dick had a show on MTV, and I played <laughs> like a guru in a big white robe. <laughs> my hair was all out over the place. That's funny. His name was Tinklestein. Because I always play these random weird characters, and I think part of it's because oh, they don't really. His know. name was King- his name was Tinklestein. Oh, my fine. character's name was Tinklestein. Mm-hmm. I like they don't really know what to do with me, but mm-hmm. because they're like, well, what is he? We don't right. really know what he. Right. He could be a Tinklestein. We don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and he's so um, well spoken. Right, so, so well spoken. So of course you know. Um, he's one. He's different. You know <laughs> oh, that bullshit. But um, <clears throat> that was one of my first guest spots, and it was like you know, it was like a. Uh, MTV show, so it was light, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and fun, and I just was coming in with my arms open like Jesus. <laughs> right. um, but but my first big guest spot was for um, the Shield. Mm. Oh, I remember that. That was a good role for you. Yeah, um, <clears throat> it was. It was still a co-star, but it was mm-hmm. a few scenes. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I remember my my first guest spot, I'm telling you that. But so the Shield, and I played. Um, I was a working boy. Mm. So I was a hoe on the street. <laughs> <You're sure. laughs> right? You're like, and? And I was like, and, and I remember the audition because I went to the first call and I had, you know, I like to go all out for, for projects mm-hmm. and I had never gone anything for like a street, street walker before. Right, right. And I was like, all right, so what am I going to do? So I went to the Goodwill over here on Vine <laughs> <laughs> and I went looking for some wardrobe options and I found this little half shirt. You did like, not it was wear like that. a girl's half shirt. Really? Right? So I wore that with my midriff up. And then I had That's like some, some tight jeans mm-hmm. that I had had since I was like a teenager. <laughs> so I went in, I did the role, and I might have even had some clip on earrings or something like that. Some, like, you know, because I was like, because I feel yeah. like I'm the kind of person that I have to go the extra mile to mm. get you to see how I fit into this picture. Okay. So I'm always doing a little extra than the average person right. will do. Right. So I got the call back mm-hmm. and then the call back, my agent said, they want to see you again, but can you make him a little less West Hollywood? Damn. <laughs> so tone hilarious. it down a little bit. So I think I might have, I think the shirt might have been a little longer or something. It was still something tight. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but that was fantastic because we were shooting, the, the shield would shoot in real, like in, out in the real world. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. we're shooting at Sunset Junction, right on the corner oh, yeah. where um, Santa Monica comes into Sunset. Mm-hmm. Um, right there. People and watching and shit. People are watching yeah. and, they're, and the cameras are across the street. So right. people don't know that you're shooting a movie right. or a TV show. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sitting there and they're just calling for acts and I'm sitting there walking the street you know and i think i even as you do as i as you do and i think i had un- i know i know I'd, i know i'd actually unbuttoned my pants mm-hmm. so the top button was done that's hilarious just to be a little fast because mm-hmm. i was like i'm gonna be a little extra with it right mm-hmm. the shirt was open i was like ready for it <laughs> so <laughs> so i'm standing there posing doing what you that's do hilarious. and this guy pulls up in a convertible hmm. and it's my neighbor the guy that lives two doors down from me on my Hilarious. hall. And he pulls up and he looks at me and he says, <laughs> he, he says, are you a movie star today? I said, yes, I am. He was yes. like, right. He put, gave me a thumbs up. Cause I was like, yeah. hey, you know, <laughs> but I remember being like, I've been seen as a hoe on the street. You know what I mean? Um, so that was fun, you know what I mean? Of course, and I called my dad and told him I was gonna be on, you know, on the shield and he watched it and I told him what I was doing. <clears throat> And so I called him up and you want you want your parents to be like, yeah, you were great. Right. You know, and I said, so, daddy, did you see did you see the shield? He's like, yeah, I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I said, so and there's pause. I'm right. like, so what? he was like, I said, so what would you think? 
you were there because <laughs> he didn't really know what to make of you know what I mean my right. son went all the way out there to you know play a hole on the street <laughs> exactly. I guess this is how some women feel when they have to play that you know when they gotta Fact. go the whole route mm-hmm. for their first couple of jobs mm-hmm. um, so that was my first like theatrical right. you know and, and I ended up getting gay bashed or something like that and we were just bashed oh and, and on the show in the show right, right, right. Um, <clears throat> but I mean it was a fun little it was a fun little spot mm-hmm. and it's you know it's always fun to play dress up and do stuff that you know I'm not a hoe I'm not a, you know on the mm-hmm. street but I walked past them because I lived off of Santa Monica at that point oh yeah you did I remember, so I'd yeah. seen the guys and the girls mm-hmm. and they and them mm-hmm. and all up there working yep. many nights so yep. I saw how far some of them would go mm-hmm. for, for a trick you know mm-hmm. what I mean right. um it's hard out here. Isn't it? It's hard out here for a hoe. You know what I mean. Um, but my first, um, my first guest spot, my first mm-hmm. official guest spot was on a show called Love Inc. Oh yeah, I remember Love Inc. Um, Holly mm-hmm. Robinson, Pete, mm-hmm. uh, Reagan Gomez, Preston, mm-hmm. uh, and a few other uh, uh, Busy Phillips. Um, it was a comedy on UPN, and the 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 premise of the show was it was like a matchmaking agency mm-hmm. called Love Inc. and people would hire them. Each episode was them being hired to hook somebody else up with someone that they okay, could get right. to. Mm-hmm. So um, I was in love with this woman that worked in the in the with in the ticket booth in the New York subway, mm-hmm. and I couldn't get to her because she worked in the booth. Mm-hmm. Well, the girl that played that character was Meghan Markle. Oh, really? So my first guest spot, I was working opposite Meghan Markle, and we were both just literally just starting out, kind of pounding the mm-hmm. pavement, trying to get in new. She was the sweetest girl, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one, you know, and that was my first Gorgeous. multicam yeah. taste of the multicam world too. Mm-hmm. So it was okay. like that was a full week, yeah. you know. And you go in on Monday, you read the script. Mm-hmm. That's it for the day. You come in Tuesday, you got some changes. Yeah. I start some blocking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then we did, probably, yeah. I think we did Don't our, start memorizing it yet. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that because we're going to switch it up on you. Exactly. Get ready for the change. Yeah. Um, but that was my my very first guest spot mm. um, was was on Love, Inc. opposite right. Meghan Markle. Right. Which was... Yeah, you've, you've worked on a lot of really, really, really cool shows. And it's funny, you talked about that, that three-camera type of show. Mm-hmm. The cool thing about you, which I think makes you so versatile... And 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 I jokingly make this comment to my husband every time I see you on a like a, a one hour show for mm-hmm. or a movie. Mm-hmm. I always say, "You see that?" And he was like, "Why?" And I said, "Look how still he is." <laughs> That's what I've seen mm-hmm. your growth. I talked about this with Kareem. Mm-hmm. I think I talked about it with um, um, I interviewed somebody else. Who did I interview? Who did I interview? Oh, my friend um, Tomar from Hamilton mm-hmm. about. How you 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 watch your friends, you know, when you're younger, and mm-hmm. you watch them now, and now they've learned to just, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Breathe mm-hmm. is really the key. Yes, you know what I mean. Yes, you don't need to do nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, you do stuff when you're younger. Remember, we was doing extra, like yeah, all kinds of, of them, the most. Yeah, we're just the doing most. the most. You know, mm-hmm. trying to get the attention, trying mm-hmm. to do whatever, and you know, mm-hmm. trying to cry, whatever. Right. The, now you just go. <laughs> And you just kind of center yourself. Mm-hmm. And that is what I see, whether you're in your commercials, whether you're in you know movies or, or TV shows, I see you centered. And nice. I'm like, thank you for that. This motherfucker has gotten there. He's, he's hitting that mark now. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he's elevated. He's matured. Like all mm-hmm. those things you were supposed to do when yeah. you get act. I was talking about, I don't know if you heard the whole thing with Kareem. I was telling that to Kareem, like Kareem, you've, you've finally gotten to that place. Mm-hmm. He said it took him about like four or five years ago. He finally... Feels like he hit that mark mm-hmm. where he was like, "Oh, I get it." Right. I, think I don't that's need about to me do four or five years yeah. ago. That's that's what happened to me. I was like, I don't need to do all that extra. Right. As a matter of fact, all that extra clouds the vision of what you're trying to Correct. do, who you're trying to be. Correct. Um, 
And um, yeah, and that something as small as just breathing Mm -hmm. or being still was so hard to do. Mm. You know, we especially because, you know, I was always jumping off the walls and (laughs) bouncing around and just, you know, the happy guy, you know what I mean? And just pull it in a little bit, son. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You don't need all that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's true, though. It's true, though. But one of the things that I think that makes you so versatile, um, which I was talking to Cream about also, is being able to do comedy and drama. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's an ability that most people don't have. It's 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 like that. There's that middle line in between how far you go comedy and how far you, you mm-hmm. go this way because comedy is so diverse. Yeah. And people think comedy needs to be broad, and it's right. not true. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. And so it's a, it's that line that I think you guys have figured out, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which is probably why you book so many commercials still, because mm-hmm. a lot of that has to have that humor. Yeah. You know, like you said, the smile and all that other mm-hmm. stuff, and you have to almost be a salesman. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's, it's just fascinating to me. Um, yeah. That's interesting. Um, let's talk about um, your wife. Mm. Cy Smith. Yes. How did you guys meet? Now, tell, tell everybody who she is who don't know. Cy the three Smith. people out there who don't know. <laughs> My <clears throat> wife, Cy Smith, is a singer. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually met at a commercial audition. Oh, did you really? We met at an audition uh, for Levi's Jeans. Mm. We were paired up together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in groups, they put, you know, two blacks together, two <laughs> Latins, <course>. two whites, <laughs> or two others, or whatever. And right. so it was a group of, like, four groups, and we were the black couple in the group. Mm. And at the time, she had... Um, did y'all book that? We did not book it. Okay. Neither one of us booked it. Mm. Um, her ex-boyfriend booked it, though, oh, yeah. who I knew from, from auditions, <laughs> who I funny. knew from auditions. And it's funny, because I had heard him talking about her at an mm. audition once over here on La Cienega, back when there was a casting place by the... Um, by the uh, car wash, mm-hmm. random memory. But um, I remember him talking, and he was talking about my girlfriend is this, and she's great, and blah blah blah. And I remember being like, oh god, I was just doing stop talking about his girlfriend. Oh, <laughs> uh, nobody cares, you know. But of course, I had said all that in my head with a right, smile right, on my right. face, like. Cut <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> to, I met her at this audition, mm-hmm. and she was like, "My name is Sai," and I was like, um, "Are you fill in the blank? Mm-hmm. Are you such and such girlfriend?" Mm-hmm. And she he, she was like, uh not anymore but yeah i guess you know what i mean um we met there she likes to say i asked her for her phone number Mm. i like to say she just gave it to me ah we don't really agree on how that happened it's kind of have the same situation (laughs) yeah some discrepancy (laughs) between you guys um but the phone number was 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 given okay Back when you would write it down on a piece of paper. Okay, look. Or you had a business card or some <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, business card, right? <laughs> exactly. We had a little piece of paper. We might have gotten it from the checkout desk or whatever. <laughs> um, well, I lost it. Ooh. I'm I must tell, have lost I'm telling. it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm telling. So I didn't see her for like a year. Ooh, right? that much time went it was, by? That much time went by because neither one's, one of us got okay, the job. Bye. So we didn't see each other on the call back. <laughs> and then I just didn't see her. Um, and uh, a year later, my buddy Eben says to me, this is back when I was working out at Bally's. You know, mm-hmm. I was trying to mm-hmm. you know, swell up you know, <laughs> my little frail frame at the time. <clears throat> and he was like, what you doing tonight? I was like, oh, I'm just chilling. Why? What's up? He said, oh, this group Star 69 is performing in Santa Monica. He mm-hmm. said, you know, one of the girls, well, kind of the lead singer, her name is Cy Smith. And I was like, oh, I've met her before. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'll meet you out there, right? So I go to Santa Monica to mm-hmm. see this group Star 69 <laughs> perform. And she's phenomenal. Mm. Like I, I'd, I'd known she was a singer, right. but I'd never seen her perform. Right. So I saw her perform, and now I'm like scared to talk to her because I'm like she's dope. <laughs> she's, you know what I mean? She's better than me. She's <laughs> better than me. You know what I mean? And so I saw her, but I didn't say anything to her that night. Mm. 
the next night I went to a party. My friend Tangie took me to a party uh, for this producer named Nia Hill. She used to do these big parties every year for her birthday. Mm Black Hollywood to do all the people there, Robbie Reed, you know, all these mm-hmm. people there. And I'm just trying to be in the space. Right. You know, I'm trying to be in the mix. Cy walks in hmm. and I was like, all right, this is two nights hmm. in a row wow. in a year that I've seen this girl. I need to say something to her. So hmm. I went up to her and I said, hey, I don't know if you remember me. And she said, yeah, I remember you. You didn't call. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I love her I'm already. sorry, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. He's like, my dog ate it. You know, something like that. I might have said, I might have been honest and said, I washed it in my jeans or something like stupid mm-hmm. like that. Anyway, we've been together ever since. Wow. We've been together ever since. Yeah. And so she's. How many a, years now? It's been like 15? That's been, we've been together for 18 years. 18 years? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We've been married been together for 18 years. Married for. 11. Okay. Yeah, Scott and I got married. Yes. October 26th. And we're coming up on 20. So we wow. got married on our 14th anniversary six years ago. Wow. We're coming I remember up on I was 20. at the wedding. We're coming up on 20 yeah. years. That's crazy, yeah. isn't it? Wow. Yeah, yeah. time. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? I remember being single, mm-hmm. young and dumb. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And we've been together for 18 years. Wow. Yeah. Um, and she's a fantastic singer. Mm-hmm. Uh, she does a lot of voiceover work as well. Actor. She What's her doing, style of singing? You her style of singing, um, soul, funk. Mm-hmm. You know, she's part of that. People used to say neo soul, right. but that's not really all she is. Mm-hmm. Um, not that that you can't be j- that and other things, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say neo soul because it feels like it puts her in a box that I don't think For she sure. needs to be in. Yeah. Um, but soul funk. Um, she writes her own music. She produces herself. She mm-hmm. lo- she allows other people to produce for her as well. Mm-hmm. Um, she's done a lot of background work. Mm-hmm. Uh, she sings uh, with a jazz trumpet player named Chris Bodie. She's on tour with Chris right now. Okay. Um, so she's always doing a bunch of different stuff, mm-hmm. um, which kind of she and in- she inspires me to to continue to create my own work and to continue to to don't rest on your laurels mm-hmm. and to find other ways to express myself and. She's she's been doing that from day one. I think that's what it was. How do, that made how me do you, nervous. How do you? Let's tell you, we're just having a conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm just more curious. How do you sustain your relationship when she's on tour? From I'm sure she's gone for a month or two at mm-hmm. a time. Sometimes, Sometimes how does, yeah. How do you guys keep that connect? Are you do you make sure we call each other at eleven o'clock at night? Like what's what's your? Um, do you have a schedule? It like we don't your, have. We don't really talk a lot okay. when she's out of town. Mm-hmm. She's not a big phone person. Okay. Um, but that's also because when she's working, she's in work mode. Right. You know what I mean? And so it it <clears throat> it was it was cool at first when we first started dating because it was like, oh, you gone for two weeks. All right, right. bye. You know, yeah, I'll yeah, see yeah. you when you get back. And then, you know, you try to make up for it in a yeah. couple of days and back and forth. And then once like you're going to miss them when they get back. Yeah, yeah, you know. And then after a while, I'd be like, I miss her. Where's she at? <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, little the, the, the tough guy, you right, know, right. oh, I don't need you around all that much uh-huh. thing kind of got old real quick. Um, but now because, you know, now because she we live together, it's a lot easier because when we were single before mm-hmm. we got married, we didn't live together until okay, until yeah. about a, a few months before we got married. Okay. We got we bought a house and then got married in our backyard. Okay. So before then, we had two separate apartments. Mm-hmm. And so that was a little difficult because when she would be back in town, it was like we had to make time to be together, mm-hmm. even if I was in the middle of auditions or whatever. Sure. Whereas it now... I mean, I you know I'm a great homemaker. You know what I mean. Mama's on the road. Daddy's mm-hmm. got to clean. I'm cooking. I'm right, doing you all this. You got your stuff. dog and shit. Yeah, you know, I'm making sure when Mama comes home, everything is right. spotless and all that other mm-hmm. stuff. So it's it's a lot easier to. You're a little hopeless romantic, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. kind of am. I see it. Yeah. I got the video type. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so yeah, it's it 
it does keep it interesting mm-hmm. because we don't really get tired of each other, right? Which is a blessing. How yeah. many now pre Rona? Mm-hmm. How often has she usually gone on tour? Just out of curiosity. Um, with Chris Bodie, when she was touring with Chris Bodie regularly, mm-hmm. I would say they may have out of three hundred sixty-five days of a year, they may have had a hundred and a hundred twenty shows. Wow, that's a lot. Maybe. Wow. So it'd be gone. It may be gone for a week, back home for a week, mm-hmm. gone for two days, back home for two weeks, okay. gone for three, four weeks. And some of that okay. is there's a residency that he does at the Blue Note in New York for the Christmas holiday okay. that he does four weeks in a row. And that that's two sense. shows a night. Mm-hmm. So for so for the first few years that she did it, now she only does a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. but she was doing, so that's 20, 21 nights, 42 shows. Wow. Or something like that, because mm-hmm. it was two shows a night. Okay. Um, straight. Uh, and then whatever. Some, you know, they'll go to Russia and they'll do, mm-hmm. you know, a bunch of shows in Russia or Eastern Europe mm-hmm. or wherever, Japan, Hong Kong, wherever. They're all over the place. Yeah, she's she's super dope. Um, one of the things I want to talk, just to make a quick little pivot, um, talking about, I just want to make sure we acknowledge your beautiful wife. Ah, thank you. Um, <laughs> let's talk about how you, so people always ask me, how did I start writing? Mm-hmm. Right. And it came about out of a couple of different things for me. I always knew I wanted to write. I just always thought I would hire somebody to do it. Mm-hmm. I always thought I had the story, but I'll hire somebody to do the thing. Mm-hmm. And what happened was, and I don't know if it's just now I was just saying this yesterday. I don't know if it's out of being a black dude from where I'm from and having to always do more, always be better than, you know, mm-hmm. white guys or whatever, white girls. It, it it made me have this thing that when I get something in my head, I just have to be the guy who does it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Even though at the time, I don't know if you know this, when I started writing around 2001, I was starting to work the most for me. Okay. You know, I was starting to recur on some shows and starting to get some things going and they all got canceled mm. and I had written this script and sent it to Sundance. I didn't even know what that was. And all of a sudden, it made it to the, on the list. And I was like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. So everybody started asking me to read my script. And I was like, what happened was that feeling I had when I was on the stage, when I was you know, on the set, working or whatever, sitting in my trailer, you know that feeling mm-hmm. you get. Mm-hmm. All that was how I felt every time I wrote. Ah. And I was like, man, if I don't have to... If I could feel this every day mm-hmm. and I don't have to wait seven times a year to get that. Right, right. I never need to do that again. Right. I literally got to that place. And I started accepting because I was writing, you know this being a writer yourself, because I'm a writer and, and a former actor, I would get up on my feet and play it out. Mm-hmm. So I didn't feel like I was missing it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that was the transition for me is, is it came out of necessity. Like I needed to do this thing. And, 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 and fast forward years later, I'll just jump in because I want to pivot into what you're doing. Um, that's how I started my own company mm-hmm. is I was out picketing, you know, during the, the 2007, 2008 strike mm-hmm. over at Paramount and I'd written this little, me and Dwayne Barnes, we'd written mm-hmm. this, this pilot based on his life. And there was this little segment that had him stuck in a, in a, in a subway train. <clears throat> and I was talking about this with Kareem and, and, um, so I changed the whole story around a little bit and, and, and went and shot this thing. And, you know, Kareem started and you saw how troublesome. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, 
you know, six months later, it was critically acclaimed. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got the DVD. Yeah, and that's <laughs> right. You were there. And, and, and then what happened was, because I was teaching at the Organization of Black Screenwriters, I would just be like, here's how I got a script to Austin. Here's how I did this, whatever. And people were like, dude, you're fucking dope. And I'd mm-hmm. be like, here's how I produced this movie. Here's how I got a star in my movie. Here's how whatever. And I would just tell them my secrets, uh-huh. which is what this is an extension of. Okay. You know what I mean? And so people are like, dude, I got this movie. What do you, won't you come help me produce this thing? And I was like, well, let me read it. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, we need to do this with the script. If you're open to that, then let's move forward. Mm-hmm. And then that became my thing. So since 2009, I've produced over, I think almost 30 something projects, you know wow. what I mean? And movies, TV, you know, mm-hmm. like all kinds of stuff. And so, so that's why I wanted to pivot to you because I'm curious to know what happened for you. Mm-hmm. That made you start to, you know, start now writing. you're producing and mm-hmm. writing and, you know, directing, you know, commercials and, and I mean, um, music videos mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, digital series, all kind of. So what what happened? Um, okay, that's enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I think uh, I'd been successful as as an actor commercially for sure. I still felt I had a ways to go film and television wise, right. and. Um, I was getting bored mm. because I had money in the bank right. um, and whoa, I was whoa, auditioning. Whoa, whoa. Where my temp you know? <laughs> <laughs> I got you, I got you. <laughs> um, so, and you know, the, you know, an idle mind is a devil's workshop kind of thing. Like, it was like, I could sit up here and rest on my laurels or right. I could do something else. Or right. I could, you know, I was, I was not happy with some of the roles that I was going out for. Okay. Um, I can't say that, you know, doing the commercials was getting old, but it wasn't the same. I wasn't getting the same thrill, the Mm. same rush. I was happy that the checks was coming in, but it became like, okay, so, all right, well, I need to book five this year. All right, when is so, are we on on track or are we not in track? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I can make X amount of money so Mm. I can be comfortable. I was still working. I was still living in my, you know one bedroom apartment in Hollywood that was Mm. rent control. So I still wasn't paying crap. You know (laughs) what I mean? To live right around the corner. Um, and little things started, I think the universe started to push it towards me mm. in that I would have friends, a friend of mine who was a dancer or a friend of mine who was a rapper, want me to um, record them doing what they do. Like a friend of my, my, my friend, William, who's now since passed, was a dancer, but he would mm. a- ask me, he says, I'm trying to audition for something on Broadway. Can you meet me at this dance studio mm. and film me? Um, doing this dance routine right. and edit it and send it to me. It's kind of basically doing self tapes. Mm-hmm. So another buddy of mine who's a rapper, you know, I'm going to be at this show. Can you shoot me? You right. know, and and so I started to get behind the camera a little more. Just love it. out of I something it. needing something else to do. Mm-hmm. Um, enter and you're editing and everything. And I'm editing and I'm I don't learning even know how to do that. I'm learning it and it was <laughs> hard, it was a hard process, yeah. but I'm learning it on my mm-hmm. little Mac. You know, yeah. one of MacBook Pro was a hard, you know, big ass <laughs> box exactly. on top of the you know kitchen table. Right. Um, Cut to now I'm dating Psy mm-hmm. and Psy is doing music videos. So I wrote I wrote a treatment for her music video, mm-hmm. her first music video while we were together. And then the second one that she wanted to do from that album, I was directing, right? So I started to direct for her as a way to keep myself busy, as a way mm-hmm. for us to be doing things together right. um, and just to do something else, you know? Just to not be bored, right. just to not just to be doing something else creatively because I needed another creative outlet. Right. Um, and then I said, okay, well, I, 
after a while, I was I had done a couple videos for her, and I was like, oh well, so I, I I'm decent at this, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And she was she was already kind of a name, so she was able to get um, the music videos that we were that we were doing onto like BET Soul. Right. right. Um, so my stuff was on TV. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, this is kind of cool. You know what I mean? I kind of know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? I kind of know what I'm doing. So then I started to think. Well, what can I do for me as a performer? Because I'm still a performer, right. and I like being behind the scenes and all that other stuff. But at the end of the day, I want to be on camera. I'm saying, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I want, I want to be captured. Right. You know, how do I do this? What do I do? Um, and um, when I was in in college, a friend of mine told me that there was this picture of Bob Marley and Rita Marley, Marley on their mm, wedding I was day. Get to that thing. Yes, on their yes. wedding day, mm-hmm. and she was like, "This looks like you." This was back when I had no hair, mm-hmm. I ain't had no afro, I still had a part. <laughs> you know what I mean? That I would comb in every day, right? right? With funny. my, you know, with my royal crown grease, just lay it down. I mean, y'all know nothing about that royal crown. I mean? no, <laughs> that royal crown is serious. That blue shit, right? I'm saying, blue. you know, and so no, that one, that one is in the was red can. Oh, it's, it's in the red can. It's clear. All right, but we had the blue stuff too. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I'm picturing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I said, okay, I kind of look like Bob Marley. Maybe, you know, I would love to play Bob Marley Mm -hmm. one day. Um, what if I try to recreate some of his photos? Mm. That's where I started with it. I'm going to recreate some of his photos. One of my best friends at the time was a wardrobe stylist. I had a buddy of mine who was a, um, a photographer. I had a lunch with them one day. I said, Hey, these are the pictures. I want to redo these pictures as Bob Mm. Marley. That's what we're going to do. You get the wardrobe, you find out we're going to hook it up. Then I was thinking, I was like, well, I'm going through all of this to go through all these looks. <laughs> Maybe I should try to do it. You're like, I got the camera. You know what I mean? Maybe I should, right. You know what right. I mean? I, ha- I have all this stuff for a day or two. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should try to do it. So mm-hmm. then um, I reached out to my friend, Nicole mm-hmm. Cockerham, who's also a very, very um, uh, well-known uh, commercial actress mm-hmm. or actor, um, had done a lot of commercials at the time too. She, I knew that she produced things. And right. so I said, hey, I want to do this project Will you produce it for me? She was like, sure. So she got another camera guy and, you know, and what I did was I transcribed some interviews of Bob Marley. Right. And um, I got a dialect coach and and worked with him. Mm. And I said, so on these two days that we're going to do these pictures, we're actually going to shoot a short film. Mm. And it's just going to be interview stuff. I don't really know what I'm doing. Mm. You know, found a couple actors to be the interviewers. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, And that's how that came came to be. But that was my first project directing myself. That was the first one. Directing myself in and also to um, to try to be something outside of the box to not right. be the commercial guy because you know i had the what's title it, what's it called again it's called what's it called again the the project yeah, yeah, the yeah. untitled what is it called the untitled bob marley project right, right. that's what i call by it. the way y'all i'm telling you if y'all ain't seen this it's spooky how much you look like him it's spooky <laughs> and you know me i'm a reggae dude it's <laughs> Spooky, how much you look like him. Thank you for that. Dude. Thank you. Thank you. And it was, it was, it was a labor of love. Yeah. I didn't really have, I didn't know what to, what I was doing with it. I was making it up as I went. Okay. <clears throat> you know, and uh, when we're talking about the innocence, yeah, that's when you get it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was yeah. like, hey, I want to take some pictures. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna act too. You know, and mm-hmm. I'm, you know, we're mm-hmm. gonna, let's do some of it on film. I shot some of it on 16 millimeter film. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because I was like, you know what? Well, hey. I had some money, yep. you know what I mean? Yep. I was like, you know, I was watching Cy put money into her work. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I can put some money into my stuff. Yep. Um, and 
we worked on that project for a long time. Like we had, mm. like at first it started out as 20 minutes mm -hmm. then we took it down to 17. Then we got oh, it down. Oh, was that long before? It was long. Huh. It was long, 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 okay. long. And then, cause I just, cause again, I was just, I just memorized a bunch of shit and shot it all. <laughs> and then I said, well, let's put it together. You That's know, um, without mm. any sort of idea of story, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't trying to create no drama. <laughs> I ain't know nothing about no conflict. Through line. No through line. No nothing. It was just me as Bob. Hey, That's you know, funny. the happy guy. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, look at me. Um, so yeah, so that was that was that was how it started me creating stuff vehicles for myself. Right. Um, and then over the years, I've just done a little bit more here and there. How did that do? Did you send it to festivals? Um, I sent it to festivals. <clears throat> it didn't get into any festivals, and part of it was um, right. I, uh, a friend of mine who who uh, programs shorts, I, I gave it to her for some advice. Mm. And she said, you know, people don't really know what to do with it. Mm. It's a biopic, or bio, some people say biopic, some people say biopic, I ain't gonna get into that I say today. biopic. Um, it's, it's a biopic, but it's a short. Yeah. Of a reggae, of an artist, yeah. but you're not really singing. You know, I was, I, I was, I was singing. I was lip syncing to one of his songs, mm -hmm. so I didn't think that I could recreate his voice. Right. And I was trying to be humble. I was like, mm -hmm. no, you know, I'm just going to get one of the songs. And I, but I couldn't get rights from the family either to use it. That's the other problem. I was about you know to say, I mean? The music was a problem. The music sure. was a problem. Yeah. yeah. So there was two things, and yeah. then, and then, and then, someone she was like, but there's really no story. Like after three minutes, we mm -hmm. get that you look like him and you sound right. great and you do. But the, what else is there for them right. to do? So that was a lesson learned for putting all the, all that effort into it. Mm -hmm. um, my manager did uh, get me into a festival in Baltimore, actually, okay. um, and I and I took it there uh, kind of as a homegrown, you know, a Baltimore native with a mm -hmm. short film. They showed it and it was great. People came. My dad came. Brought some friends. Mm -hmm. um, so and I also took it to a, a film festival in Atlanta. Okay. A friend of you know a friend of size knew was was programming was like hey we'll show your short you know mm -hmm. what I mean just yeah. because they'd seen it and they th they thought it needed to be showcased right. um, <clears throat> but nothing like Sundance you know because I'm thinking all right I'm gonna get into Sundance I'm gonna blow up you know <laughs> well I'm gonna be in urban world I'm gonna blow up <laughs> you know I'm gonna get into everything and I get got into nothing and yeah. was like really really depressed about mm -hmm. it and like was like what's wrong with me what's wrong with I you know I've been, exactly I've been to these festivals mm -hmm. and I've seen some trifling looking shit yep. up there. And this shit is shot on film mm -hmm. and it looks great mm -hmm. and we got quality and mm -hmm. you know, didn't understand it, didn't understand it. So uh, so it was a hit for me for a while. I took a hit on mm -hmm. it because I felt like- I feel like you lost money. I you felt like, like I lost money. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I didn't see it as a money loss, mm -hmm. but I felt like I was investing and the investment didn't pay off yet. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. Because I felt like but I've gone to festivals where they had a little short film that was shot on somebody's, you know, mm -hmm. horrible looking video camera that they played. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It wasn't, it was, my shit is better than that. How come <laughs> they got to be in, you know, whatever and I'm not, you right. know? Um, so there was some ego involved. Yep. It was bruised. Yep. And, you know, I had to just pick myself up and dust my head, myself off again mm -hmm. and, you know, try something else for right. a while. You know right. what I mean? Because there's no, because I'm not stopping. Right. That's not an option. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to quit. So, you know, you get your feelings hurt, then you sulk for a little while, then you grow the fuck up and move on. I love it. I love it because that's that's the real deal. You know, I, mean, I can't tell you how many projects I've had that I just knew was going to get into such and such a film festival, mm -hmm. and it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And what I've learned is, <clears throat> and I learned this, luckily, just like you did on your first one, I learned it on Troublesome. Mm. One of the issues we were having when I started getting the, in the more festivals with other projects and I started meeting the actual um Programmers. Programmers. Mm -hmm. um, I started learning why my script, my movies or whatever weren't getting in the certain festivals. Mm. What were they? What was one it? of them was length. Okay. So if you're above uh, 
I think it's above 10 minutes in mm-hmm. most of them. Mm-hmm. As soon as you get to 12, 13, 14, whatever, they're like, eh, mm-hmm. it's got to be fucking just killing everybody else right. for it to get in there because it's easier for them to program things under 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. was one thing. Right. The other thing with yours, as soon as I saw yours, I was like, how did he do it with, the, with that me with that song? Mm-hmm. First thing I thought. You know what I mean? Yep. And so I know they're going, well, is this cleared? Right. Can we use it? Mm-hmm. Are we going to get in trouble? Right. Blah, blah. So reasons you probably didn't get in are just because of that one mm-hmm. thing. Right. Now, through line is another thing, mm-hmm. right? And story, of course, that's all important. Where's the tension? Mm-hmm. What's this about? You know, does he learn? Does he grow? Whatever. All those, right. mm-hmm. those things are important too. <clears throat> but you might have also just got hit just based off of the music. Right. Right. You know, in some. Right. You know what I mean? Right. For sure. Um, and so, I was just young enough to to really to to know that that was going to be a hurdle, but to think that it would work out for me anyway. I figured, right. you know what, it's one song. I'm gonna reach out because you know I'm gonna call the lawyers, reach out to the I lawyers. Said, did you ever? I was gonna I ask did. you. Did you? I ever did. Reach? I reached out um, to uh, the attorneys that handled the estate, mm-hmm. um, and never heard back from them. Hmm. Then I tried again um, a couple years ago. And the response was, we already told you no. <laughs> kind of, and wow. I was like, wait a minute. First of all, I ain't got no letter that's, you know what I mean? Like, I sent it out and put it out into the ethos and mm-hmm. then never heard anything back and was mm-hmm. like, I guess maybe I sent it to the wrong person. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it was a definitive no. And that's partly because I don't think that they, they just don't clear things yeah, from, it's you know. Really hard to get Bob Marley stuff. Away. Yeah. Because, like, my friend Tina Andrews wrote the Bob Marley story mm-hmm. and fucking the script. Got her so many jobs, mm-hmm. but it never has been. They, they will not give her the rights to his whole, no matter what. And mm-hmm. it's on point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know wow. what I mean? And and so it's just a funny, funny thing how that that works. Um, let me jump to something else. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so let's talk about your music a little bit, okay. just really quick, and mm-hmm. then I want to get back to you producing again. Mm-hmm. Um. Um. Your music, because you, you started doing these things on, is it Instagram or whatever, or, or Facebook, whatever, you just playing the, playing the piano. Oh, uh-huh. Was that just during the Rona? Did you start doing that? Was that before um, that? I did one before the Rona. Okay. Um, I had stopped playing for years, mm-hmm. and then about six or seven years ago, we bought a piano. So okay. I was like, you need a piano. Like, you need to, you yeah. know. That's my cheerleaders. She was like, what you doing? You need to, you need to be playing again, right? right? So we got this piano off of Craigslist great little piano mm-hmm. um and i started playing again and then i reconnected with my piano teacher from back when i was in Wait, baltimore really? mm-hmm. uh and so i would kind of <clears> keep <throat> in touch with her let her know what i was doing and i started playing again and then a friend of mine recorded me playing this one piece from by franz list that i used to play back in the day because okay. i was like i want to start playing again i need to put it out there and i need mm-hmm. to start to use social media as a way to get that out right. there. so we went through the process of shooting something uh and then it got it edited and I put that out. Um, but in terms of uh, during the Corona, what Cy and I created um, a variety show mm. and I would play on the variety <clears throat> show for people to kind of see. Cause I was like, I want them to see that I can do this live. Yeah, you know what I mean? Um, so that became a part of a part of one of the things that we would do, whether she was singing or I would sing or play or whatever, mm-hmm. aside from pre-recorded, pre-shot skits or yeah. music videos or what have you, and then live little bits that we would do. Tell everybody but, what that's called so they can see. Uh, it's called uh, Sean and Size Variety Live because <laughs> we used to do it live on Facebook. Right. We did four of them, mm-hmm. um, usually a Thursday night. 
around, I think it was like a seven o'clock show mm -hmm. here in LA, so 10 o'clock on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. And we would go live uh, out of my page and out of her page and mm -hmm. just kind of, I mean, you know, it was like me and a laptop and uh, the phone, you know, <laughs> filming the videos on the laptop right. and then us doing little bits and right. then me running around like, now Sai's going to do such and such. <laughs> She's going to sing for you or whatever. Or, this is a video that we shot a couple years ago while right. we were away or whatever. And then over the course of the time, I learned how to use different applications to mm. make it easier, you know, mm. get mics, you know what I mean? Because um, comedian Lunell reached out to me okay. after um, she'd seen the first episode. Mm -hmm. We know each other just socially here in LA. And she yeah. was like, you guys are great. You need to get your sound together. You need a microphone. Right. Like you sound like you're talking in your living room. <laughs> stop, hollow, stop playing. It's it's hollow 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 you know what I mean? Like <laughs> stop playing. Get your shit together. You got right. something good, right. kind of thing. And so that so that nice push from people around me was mm -hmm. like, you guys got a good thing here. Mm -hmm. What's going on? We had a little bit for the dog. You know what I mean? Like, because Sai does little voices for him when I'm home. When yeah. when she's home, he talks to me through her, through her voice. Yeah. So I was like, what if we do that and have kind of ask Gingy? You know what I mean? And so <laughs> I got the camera and I'm asking him questions and right. she's doing the voice. You know, little right. stuff like that. Yeah. Just to be interesting. Mm -hmm. um, but I started to play piano for that. And then uh, during the pandemic, my piano teacher was like, how about I just start giving you lessons again? Mm. Like, because I want you to be even better. You know what I mean? Like, and so we, so every Tuesday... For you know, most of the last year, we've mm -hmm. been I've been working with her on Zoom. On Zoom. On Zoom. Wow. Yeah. So she'd be like, "All right, now this week I want you to work on this. Learn this. What key are you in? Here's some exercises. Blah blah blah." And then I'll show up on Tuesday, and then you know, I get my ass handed to me. This is horrible. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong. You know, she doesn't talk to me like that. But you know what I mean. Right. You know. Um. So it's been it's been wonderful because I do want to play more. Right. Um. I do want to play and sing more you know i mm. sing i don't sing and play that was so so the, the the rona has really been good for me in terms of just being in the lab mm -hmm. and you know practicing every day or five days a week or whatever it is and getting you know getting your fingers back together learning new music which mm -hmm. i hadn't done in right. 20 years right. you know what i mean are you are you are you writing songs too um no i'm not writing songs okay. yet okay. um Cause that's just not my ministry yet. You know what I mean? Uh, but, uh, but I, but I've been finding, you know, YouTube is my friend. I'm finding songs that I want to learn right. and finding tutorials and, you know, writing them out or learning mm -hmm. them, you know, because playing and singing was a whole different, uh, uh, muscle skill that I just didn't have For sure. before. Yeah. I'd never tried it. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, now playing music now as an adult, then what it, opposed to what I was doing when I was 15 or 16, right. my brain looks at it differently. That makes sense. I'm a different artist. Mm -hmm. I'm more intentional about what I'm trying to do now. Right. You know, it's not about sit me in front of the piano and I'll just, you know, just go <laughs> off auto, 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 you know, auto, autopilot. Right. <clears throat> I'm actually trying to create, mm -hmm. um, which is awesome. I love it. No, you that's know? cute. That's cute. Um, what was I going to talk about? Oh, you're um, <clears throat> you're you're directing and producing. Mm -hmm. So you were saying earlier you were starting to do the music videos for Sai and some other stuff, and then mm -hmm. you did your 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 um, the Marley piece. Marley piece. Mm -hmm. What what else? What other things have you have you been up to in the last couple of years to keep um, yourself going? I've directed music videos for other artists. Right. Um, which has been great because people like, you know, he does something for his wife, but who else he working with? Kind of <laughs> <laughs> um, I've directed um, uh, Spec Pilots. Okay. Uh, a buddy of mine um, uh, 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 wrote a, a, a script about a senior citizens, mm -hmm. um, a bunch of women in a senior, senior facility. 
Yeah, I saw you had Ruta Lee um, in there. That's my girl. Yeah, Ruta Lee. Yeah. Love Ruta Lee. Yeah. Ruta Lee, Bernadette Stannis mm-hmm. from uh, Good Time. We go to her house for dinner and stuff. Do you? Yeah. She's, she's the sweetest she's person. Dope. She's the she knows sweetest person. Everybody. Yeah, yeah, she does. Yeah. Yeah, she does. We had yeah. a great, great cast. They they came to me because they'd seen the, the Marley piece that I'd done. Okay. Okay. Uh Stu James and Leslie Terrell Donald. Leslie has since passed away. But at the time, this was six, seven years ago. Um, they were partners in life and in, in business, mm-hmm. and they'd written the script and they wanted someone to bring it to life. Mm-hmm. And they'd seen what I'd done with the Marley piece and said, maybe Sean could do this. So they mm-hmm. gave me the script. I read it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. It still needed some 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 work, so sure. I gave them my notes. Right. But you know what I know from what I'd learned from being an actor in acting classes, doing you know multicam. You know, I was like, hey, y'all need your three note. You know, you need three jokes per page yeah. or whatever. Like little things that I learned that I was able to kind of translate, mm-hmm. even though I didn't have the same knowledge as a writer. There were things that I knew needed to be there that weren't. Yep. You know what I mean? So we worked it out together. Then they were like, we want you to produce it. So I found a producing partner mm-hmm. to help us find, you know, I found a casting director. I said, you guys need, we need to get like real actors here. Right. You have an opportunity here to really bring something to the forefront. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So that's how we ended up with Ruta Lee and Patricia Belcher and Marianne muller Lyley right. and, and Bernadette Stannis because we had Sydney McCurdy who used to work in Robbie Reed's office. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Sydney was a friend of mine. And I was like, Sydney, we need some real talent hmm. you know what i mean they got some money here we <clears throat> want to put some real talent in there so that we can showcase their work right. um <clears throat> so they brought me on board and i helped bring that to life um uh another friend of mine asked me let me just whatever happened with that project um they shopped it around mm-hmm. you know and as you do you it's, it's a spec spot so they they didn't have a production company behind them they yeah. shopped it around and i think they ended up taking it to tv land okay. at the time because i was like you know you got you know, season actresses up, and then that's what TV yeah. Land was doing at the time. Exactly, they were resurrecting you know '80s and '70s uh, actors' careers on mm-hmm. shows on their network. So mm-hmm. I thought it would be a perfect fit. But you know, sometimes you shoot the dice, and it just doesn't work in your favor. So yep. you got to try something else. Sometimes you rhyme slow. Sometimes you, know, you rhyme quick. I'm saying. <laughs> so so that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And then after that, another friend of mine came to me and said, "Hey, I have this idea for a show about art. Mm. Um, you know." Uh, visual art and artists and art and black people collecting art um can you help me bring that to life and so we worked on that together with uh terrell tilford victoria platt who own a gallery here in town um and interviewed them and some artists that they collect and kind of just put together a little show so i've so people come to me from time to time and say hey i have an idea can you help me bring it to light yeah that's exactly how it happened to me Really? You know, yeah. And 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 what was my early on, what was my big thing, why it helped me so much was because <clears throat> one of the things you don't probably don't know is how I started producing was in, in 2000, 2001, I went to Utah to go shoot this movie with this Oscar winning producer. And he asked me to assist him. And long story short, it came because we went to lunch and you know, some things that happened. He was like, dude, you're like fearless. You mm-hmm. want to come with me to, to Utah? And I was like, what are we doing in Utah? Like, uh-huh. He was a gay dude. And I was like, what are we doing? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, no, 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 no. Seriously, dude, I think you're a producer. I want you to come assist me. I think you, you'd be perfect. So I went with him and he would do all these things to me that would make me, it was like the, the karate kid. Mm. I was like, why am I doing this weird job? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened was by the time I got back a month later, I cannot walk in, like if you said, hey, come over to the house, right? I would walk in the in the house and I'd be like, oh, how can we shoot this? 
Mm-hmm. Like I can't help it because mm-hmm. he taught me how to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like he would put me in situations where all I had to do was figure out how to get out of it. Okay, how would I? How yeah. would I load in? Where would Crafty be? Where would they, like I can't help it? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so my logistics head is crazy. Right. So whenever I'm in production, I'm like something's not right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You guys are missing a step. Right. You know. So I started becoming a fixer. Mm-hmm. So somebody would be in production, be like, "Hey, we just lost our producer. We're shooting two weeks." I'm mm-hmm. like, "Great. Let me look, let me look at the budget." You know, oh, okay, I see where the problem is. Mm-hmm. It's right here. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the location? Let me go look at it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are like, okay, we're shooting at such and such's house. I'm like, no, I need to see it. See it first. Walk it. Yeah. Feel it. You know, imagine it. And, and then, because I might have a better idea, idea than you do. Right. About how to make it work seamlessly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so that became my thing. And the other thing that helped me was I'm really good at reading somebody's script and going, you know, we're probably never going to get a subway train, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. What if it was this, right? Or I'll go, let's all gather around the troops and let's talk about what other resources we can put together. Mm -hmm. Most people write to what they want. Mm -hmm. I always tell people to write to the resources they can get, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, for example, um, here's a a perfect example. I always say this. If you've been living in your neighborhood for more than two years, you probably go to the same coffee shop, you know, little mom and pop, little nail shop, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you probably know the owner. Right. You know, or the manager or whatever, or whatever different type of story. Write something to that. Mm-hmm. And then be like, hey, such and such, Sean, yo, man, you know what? Right. I made this little lookbook. Imagine if we shot this thing in here at like midnight till, you know, six in the morning mm-hmm. when nobody's here. We're going to zoom in on your sign mm-hmm. that says Sean's Nail Salon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I literally <laughs> right. do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I became known for getting production value, mm-hmm. you know, because I was like, you guys aren't utilized. But I don't know anybody. Yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. You just haven't thought about right. what can I do and the resources I have. Right. You know, you got a friend who has a cool house with a pool. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How can I do this with just like a small little crew two people in the scene you know what i mean people don't think like that so i started thinking about how to do things small to make it look big right you know right so more for, bang for your buck so for one last thing i'll say is my husband used to be um the uh, uh president of the uh, hollywood neighborhood council mm-hmm. <clears throat> so any restaurant or building apartment whatever it was he knew the owner of almost everything mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. for he was that for like six seven years mm-hmm. and so hotels like whatever and i'd be like babe i need we need to get a shot of the hollywood sign somewhere and he'd be like oh my friend owns a such and such building over or whatever oh i need a restaurant that mm-hmm. has blah 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 oh my friend owns whatever blah, blah. Mm-hmm. and i would go boom let me put together a whole book and right. I'll put together a lookbook and I'd sit down with them and like, imagine this, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I'm mm-hmm. pitching to them, you know, right. here's the, here's the scene. It's the thing. And we're going to zoom in on the blah, blah, blah. And I'm like selling it. Like I'm directing. Sometimes I'm just producing. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Right. And I'm trying to tell them how it's going to look. And we're going to do an insert on the cupcake that mm-hmm. you guys specialize in, whatever. Mm-hmm. Boom. Next thing you know, crafty, they line us up with cupcakes and all kind of, we're mm-hmm. getting all kind of free stuff because they want to participate now. Right. You know right. what I mean? So I learned how to do that, mm-hmm. and I started getting production value like crazy. So people started asking me to be, dude, come and help me do my shit. Right, <laughs> come and right. Help me do my shit. You right. know what I mean? The problem is, and you know this, I'm jumping a lot. Forgive me. Um, you can only use those favors once. <laughs> right. You see what I mean? Uh-huh. They'd be like, oh, I heard you got blah, 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 blah. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I did that then. Mm-hmm. Now I got to start somewhere else. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Right. Yeah. So you, you got to keep making relationships. You have to keep mm-hmm. that shit going. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And now I'm at a point now where like I'm 
the guy for hire. Uh-huh. You know, before I was like trying to help you make your shit. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, uh-uh. You know, I'm not the guy who goes out and finds, you know, $600,000 for your project. Right. I'm the guy, you get $600,000 and I go, here's how we can make it look like a million. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Right. And that's what I learned. So I just wanted to side that. But because that's what I'm seeing you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is you're utilizing all your resources. You know, even when I watch you do anything with sides, like beautiful, you know, mm-hmm. just the locations and the things you guys get and the clothing she's wearing. It's like. Mm-hmm. Y'all be doing it though. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you know what I mean. Thank you. We have fun doing it. Yeah, I'm sure it shows. It shows mm-hmm. for sure. Um, let's talk about that. Um, we were talking about. I forget what it's called again. The 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 web series that we were talking about last night. Two black dudes. Two black dudes. That's oh yeah, funny. yeah. How did uh, that come to you? Similar situation. My mm-hmm. buddy Jay Lee. Um, Which one is Jay Lee? Jay Lee is uh, Ahmed is the tallest one. Oh really? Yeah. So Jay Lee's the short guy. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. really? Mm-hmm. He's the director. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. He's the director. I thought it's, it was he reversed. Wrote them all. No. That's funny. Okay. Yep. Um, and Jay Lee is also a classical pianist. Really? Yes. He just had his first concert last Saturday. I saw first that thing Saturday. where he rapped and he mm-hmm. did. The, he was playing the piano. Yes. And you had Dante Bosco and uh-huh. Angie. Yeah, yep. that was cute. That yep. Was cute. Um, that Jay Lee came to me. He saw that I had done the Marley piece, right. or not the Marley piece, something else, and and was like, "Hey, I'm doing this show. I need a producer." Mm-hmm. Can you help me produce it? Right. It was that simple. And I was like, yeah, all right, cool. He was like, we're shooting at, um, at Tracy's house and I got people, but I need you to help me find blank, 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 blank. I mean, you know, and that's that's just kind of how it came to be. And we've been friends, you mm-hmm. know, we've been friends for a couple of years by this right. point in time. So it was kind of a no brainer. And I didn't have anything else on my on my schedule. I was like, well, hey, this is a new project for me. You know, I'm always, I was always looking for something else to do right. um, just to keep it moving. Right. What I like about it, <clears throat> I was talking about using your resources. Mm-hmm. That's what I see in your show. Mm. Everything. It looked like you guys just went to the local park, mm-hmm. you know, sure did. when ain't nobody looking mm-hmm. and y'all just made it work. Mm-hmm. Like that opening scene, I think it was like episode one, where they're playing basketball. Mm-hmm. That's a complicated scene to shoot. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the way he did it, mm-hmm. I thought was, I'm like, this dude's got a great eye. Yeah. You know? Yep. And and he would he would pick up from a different angle that's like over here that totally worked into this one. Yep. I was like, he can, he can direct. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. I always tell people the first 30 seconds, you could tell if somebody can direct mm-hmm. the first 30 seconds. Yep. And so um, what I love about it is you guys totally use the resources that you have. Mm-hmm. So whether it's just at somebody's house, whether it's, you know, them walking down an alley, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, mm-hmm. you could tell that shit's, that shit's cold. Yeah. You know, yeah. somebody might walk into the, into uh-huh. the frame. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But they're like, we got two, two, we're going to do this twice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. And the dudes are off book. They know their fucking lines and they doing, they making shit work. And that's, that's what I'm trying to tell everybody to do. Stop yeah. overriding you know, and making it too complicated yeah. of what you wish it could be. Mm-hmm. And now they're in an office and there's 70 people in there. No, yeah. no, no, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. They're in a cubicle and it's just the two of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what yep. I mean? It's like little stuff like that that you have to be thinking about. You have to make it smaller, mm-hmm. right? But yet the the world is bigger. Right. You know what I mean? If, right. you, get, you get my drift yep. where I'm going with that? exactly what you're talking That's about. how you get production value, mm-hmm. you know, is, is, is you... And and you you also help us to focus more on the two or three people in the scene, right? Than it is when it's this thing, big grand yeah, thing. It doesn't always have to be, right? You know what I mean? Yep. Um, I was thinking about one of the last scenes I was watching. The last episode I watched was the that 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 um, the party scene with Dante in it. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and and that last image you guys did where he zoomed in on um, Ahmed. Ahmed, mm-hmm. forgive me, I don't know everybody's mm-hmm. name. 
he zoomed in on him. It was just a little look of him going, fuck. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, this is clever. Uh-huh. There's some cute shit in there. Mm-hmm. You know, this should it should be bigger than it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm gonna try to help y'all promote that. That's good. I like to get, I like to interview him. Okay. You know? yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, anything we could do to promote when did you guys do that? How long ago was that? Four years. Oh, was that old? Yeah. Oh, okay. What are, what are you what are you guys doing now? Um he's been for you know, well after that he booked um the Orville. Oh, he was on Orville. Yeah, so okay. he's he's still he's still on the Orville. Right, so right. they're shooting season three right. now, I think it is. So he's a series regular? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep. So um, I didn't even pick up that that's who that was. Uh huh. Oh, that's horrible. Yep. Okay. It's the same. It's the same. <clears throat> it's the same cat. And so and then and then uh, he, we were working on a two piano concert that we wanted to do together. Really. Um, and then we put that on hold for a second, and then kind of focused on our own solo things. Okay. And then he was doing his concert before Rona shut things down because okay. it was supposed to be that April. Mm-hmm. And then so he postponed it, but then he uh, pulled it back out of the catacombs and scheduled it for this last weekend. Okay. So the last few months has been him getting ready for the concert mm. you know what i mean yeah. and working yeah. so i'm sure you know he's always got new scripts he's he's one he's like he's a writer he writes all the time because right. i know that i feel like he had a script on the blacklist for a while too which kind of okay. helped give him some momentum it's, you know what i mean it helps your ego <clears throat> like i always tell writers about <clears throat> like people are like oh should i submit to sundance and austin and all this other stuff i was like just find your why mm-hmm. and like what do you mean i said for example like i came up through some of those festivals mm-hmm. And I had a reason why I was doing it. Mm-hmm. Here's why. So a perfect example. So say I wrote a script and I'd be like, yo, Sean, take a look. Give me your notes. Any thoughts? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Boom. Okay. Sean said this. Let me fix it. Let me send it over here to my girl, Pamela. Boom. 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 Like the three or four people that I have. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go, okay, where is it in the world? Mm. So that was my why. Mm-hmm. So I send it to Sundance or Austin or whatever. Oh, I semifinals. Still needs a little more work. That was why. Okay. It wasn't to win. Right. Luckily, somehow, I won probably half a dozen of them. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Just because I tried. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And it wasn't any pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I found is the same thing with, you know, submitting to film festivals too and with, with a project. And I've done it with movies and TV pilots and everything is shoot it out there and try to forget. Because mm-hmm. as soon as you worry, oh, October 6th, they're going to announce, you're mm-hmm. going to be all in your head. Right. You need right. to be on to the next Doing one something else. because yeah. that's when you find out what happened. Mm-hmm. I got to what? Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like you just, but if you're stuck on, we need to be looking at the clock. Mm-hmm. If we don't get in the, you know, uh, uh, the African Black Film Festival, well, fuck it. We're uh-huh. not doing it. Right. Like that. Because mm-hmm. you're not going to get in everywhere. Right. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? It's true. Yeah. You're only going to get in where you're supposed to get in and you just need to shine there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's, that's the lesson that I've learned. You know, mm-hmm. take that pressure off yourself. And one last thing I'm going to say um, for those of you who are trying to produce, and I bet you've dealt with this too in your productions, sometimes you have something planned and shit goes wrong. Mm-hmm. What I learned is this. I learned this on Troublesome. Luckily, it happened to me on my first movie. Mm-hmm. So trip this. So two weeks before we were supposed to shoot, my ex, Don, that house over in Rimpaw, had a big old um, um, 100,000 square foot warehouse which is where we ended up shooting in we were supposed to be shooting mm-hmm. well all of a sudden something happened the guys came with permits and like guys you got to shut down like something went wrong mm. so i had to shut down my production okay so we had had planned that when we parked the subway train inside of the warehouse mm-hmm. <clears throat> 
near the wall, I had this amazing art director who was building all this like pipes and water was going to be dripping. And I thought that was going to make it look like we're really inside of a tunnel. Mm -hmm. Well, when we had to cancel, she booked something else. Mm -hmm. I couldn't find anybody else to do what she could do for that budget. Uh So I had to squash it. Uh Here was the lesson. You didn't even notice it. Mm. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you over plan. Yeah. Little things that have nothing to do with what's really going to be seen or not, mm-hmm. right? Yep. <clears throat> the other here's the other thing that happened. It was going to cost me maybe like three or four grand to have his guys get the subway train, bring it there. You know, the permits, like all that shit was like expensive, right? So because he had the problem, he went, Hillary, don't worry about it. I'm gonna send my guys to go get that. Mm-hmm. So he saved me. I think it was four to six grand. It was something like that. Wow. So he was like, I'll pay for it. I was like, what, bet? So that was my other lesson. Mm-hmm. When you postpone something, it's usually because you're going to gain something. Mm-hmm. You're either going to lose that thing mm-hmm. and gain something better in another place. Okay. It may not be where you wanted it, right. but you'll gain it somewhere else. Right. So people always tell me, dude, every time I'm on the set, but you're like the most calmest person. I'm also like, no, we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. In a minute. Yeah. But I'm also, they're like, hey, dude, we're fucking having a great time here, mm-hmm. right? They're like, you're the most calmest person on the, on the set. That's like, because I'm anticipating. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. So be that person yeah. who's always watching what's going on, right? Think logistically, mm-hmm. right? Don't just be like, oh, we're shooting at Sean's house. Right. Go to Sean's house. Uh-huh. See it. You know, oh, well, my, name, my, 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 my roommate's out of town, but we can't use his room. Let me talk to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I need to be able to use that room to put the actors in there because mm-hmm. we need to whatever. Right. So I'm that dude. Like I go out of my way to make sure that everybody, it's specifically because we used to be actors, mm-hmm. I want to make sure my actors only getting 250 a day, whatever it is, yeah. that they feel like they're getting a 1,000. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's things that you could be doing. One last thing I always do, I get on a call. Mm-hmm. You can ask Kareem, all those dudes who work with me. I get on a call, I ask everybody, hey, is there anything you need on a set to make you comfortable mm-hmm. when we're there? Mm-hmm. Here's an example. When I'm directing... I need a hot chocolate from Coffee Bean, and I need a little pack of red vines. You think I'm kidding? I love it. That's it. Uh-huh. I'm telling them something that I know I can afford to get them. Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. I'm not being extreme. Right, right. You see what I'm uh-huh. saying? I also go out of my way to bring, you know, um, I have a friend of mine who owns a little production company, so he allows me to buy or rent, you know, small things. Like, I'll get, you know, um, director's chairs for like $4 each. Like, it's mm-hmm. like hella cheap, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And But actors feel more special yeah. in those yeah. it's just a bedroom but it's theirs right you know right. what i mean nobody mm-hmm. else can go in there but them mm-hmm. if there's something you know what i mean yep. there's something to that mm-hmm. you feel respected you so feel seen. yeah be that guy mm-hmm. that takes care of them mm-hmm. so you show up on the set i didn't go get it i had one of my pas or somebody go get all that shit mm-hmm. but i asked you for it right i paid for it right right yeah and you show up on the set and they walk over to crafty they get your little coffee and your hot chocolate whatever it was you asked for mm-hmm. and they beeline over to your room where you are and mm-hmm. they're like hey sean welcome to the set mm-hmm. and you go they heard me mm-hmm. it's the little thing you see things. what i mean yep. it's little stuff like that that people are like wow dude i want to work with him yeah you know what i mean yep. even though i'm not making this or whatever it is you know what I mean? right that's how i started becoming this dude right you know because i started thinking like a fish what would i want Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so it's those little logistical don't just trust somebody said i can get it right 
Right. You're the producer. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure this is on your standard. Yeah. So you need to have connection with whoever owns a house. Right. You need to have a connection with the owner of, uh, of the of the restaurant that you're shooting in. Whatever. You mm-hmm. need to make sure you're that guy mm-hmm. who goes. Here's my connection. Hey, dude, lunchtime is at twelve. Come by and get some lunch. Right. Be mm-hmm. that dude. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that they're like, dude, I love it. I don't even. You know what? Don't even worry about payment. That has happened to me so many times. Wow. You know, where people mm-hmm. are like, dude, you know what? I was going to charge you guys 600 bucks for this. Just give me three. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So because you were nice to them. Right. You know, and you were courteous and you brought them in and include them like, hey, here's the star of the show. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, I saw you on such a th- whatever it is. Right. You know, bring them into the fold, not just have them all over the, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. So just be that guy. Anyway, so thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Good to see you, man. Man, thanks for having Good me. Good to hang out with you for sure. Um, I'm still very proud of you, wishing you all the best. Thank you. It's always just so nice to turn on the telly, like, I, <laughs> like I'm British. Now. And there you are all the time. It's like every two or three months, I know your face is coming up on something Thank new. Thank you. You know what I mean? So it you're doing good. it. It feels good. It feels because I remember the day that, you know, I went to IMDb and I wasn't even there. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. My buddy, my a buddy of mine from college was working. And I was like, let me go on IMDb and just see. <laughs> and I couldn't, I wasn't, I didn't exist. Right. And, you know, to be now where I do exist, and right. I got a, quite a few credits there. It's like, yeah. you hit Google, you go Google me, bitch. Yeah, now I'm Google out there, me, right? bitch. Actually, it's got, there's some pictures up there, some shit. You exactly. Know what I mean? <laughs> when are they going to make it so that commercials are, you could put the, it's, isn't that ridiculous? You can't put commercials on fucking IMDb? No. It's stupid. Yeah. It makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, imagine if that. Right. You know, people right. are like, oh, shit, this right. motherfucker's somebody. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, thank you again. Uh, where can people follow you? Are you on Instagram or Twitter or anything? Instagram, Twitter, Sean, S-H-A-W-N. Sean the Maestro. The Maestro. Sean the Maestro. And my production company is called Maestro Entertainment. Nice. Um, so when I'm directing or producing, it's usually under that banner. Uh, and Facebook, <clears throat> Sean Carter Peterson. I got three names. I use them all, all you the do. time. Yes. <laughs> indeed, <Yes>. indeed. <laughs> and I am your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter. I say Twitter like I'm cool. Um, <laughs> or at ScreenwritersRR for the show. Um, any questions, ScreenwritersRentRoom at gmail.com. Um, yes, I'm on Clubhouse, the motherfucking Clubhouse. Um, I've rarely gone there, but I'm on there. Um, <laughs> Chris Derrick is at Unauthorized CBD. You can find him out there somewhere. Uh, Lisa Bolkaja is out there, black as fuck. The black AF mermaid, because <laughs> she's cool like that. Um, lots of cool stuff going on. Um, I'll tell you guys about that in the next few weeks. Um, we got some cool um, guests coming up for you guys. We got a, yeah, it's going to be awesome. going to be dope. Um, shit. Sorry, I'm all scattered today. I got a lot of shit going on. Um, thanks, man. So dope having you. you. Oh, please go on screenwritersrr.com. Please um, check out our Patreon page. Uh, please give us a five-star review. We need that for the metrics um, for the show. Uh, we got T-shirts and hats and all that cool stuff out there. Please take a photo and tag us in it. You know, we appreciate it. So with that, join with me for Wakanda Forever. All right? So you guys know how we do it on the Rant Room. On the show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what? Sean, Wakanda, Wakanda forever. forever. Oh, he going to put on an accent and shit. See that? <laughs> <laughs> Peace, y'all. Let me say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room
fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the rent room We let that shit up off our chest, you know the street nerd has got no time for no caca Sass in class, yes that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting, it's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun, write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the Red Room, Red Room.